everybody. Welcome to Frame Trap. We're going to be talking a lot about Pokemon today. And joining me in that discussion, we have Michael Damiani. Yo, how's it going? Good, 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 good. And Brad. Yo. Lee Ellis. I like. I feel like I should say your full name when I'm introducing you for the podcast, but I would eh, never. I would never no say one, that to yeah, you. No yes. one calls me my full I'd, name. I would just say Brad. Yeah. Maybe like my family. That's about it. Yeah. My grandma calls me Benjamin, and I yeah. hate it. But like, what are you gonna do? Yeah. You know, you, what are you gonna say to yeah. your grandma? I don't hate my full name, at least I guess. But no, no one calls Bradley, me. I think Bradley's. Yeah, but no one. Yeah, just yeah. no one really calls me that. But I just do it because it's my actual full name. I feel <laughs> like official stuff. No one should be named Benjamin except for like an 18th century like oil baron or hmm. something. I don't know. Or 19th or century oil Benjamin baron. Franklin or something. Yeah, or Benjamin. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I think of Breaking Benjamin. Do you? Yeah, I, I don't. I can't name one song. Or I can name one. I only. I can only name one song from Breaking Benjamin. It's so um, cold. So cold. I think that's what it's called. You're so cold. Hmm. You remember anyone, that? No, I don't remember that. I just remember the band name. Yeah, Breaking Benjamin. Does anyone call you like Benny or anything? No, uh, a long, long time ago, like late elementary school, early middle school, Benji was my nickname. Benji. Hmm. Okay. Which. Sounds like it, like a like an old nickname from like the fifties or sixties. Oh. I feel like, but yeah, Benji, Benji. Was, was that. Otherwise, it's just Ben. Yeah, I wish my last name was cool enough to be said as my name because, like Damiani, more. that's a great name. Yeah, more. It's just, it's, there's two O's yeah. right next to each other. Yeah, that's we really have like work. a lot of like call a lot of people here by their last Jones, name. It's weird. Huber. Blood. Blood. Yeah, I mean, how do you not call them blood? It's like people have more well. get called their last names more than nor- <laughs> our first names here. Yeah. Having more people call him Dan. Dan <laughs> freaks me out. Dan freaks me Dan. out. This is uncomfortable. Uh, like, it feels like a true friend when they call him Dan. It's like yeah. someone that he's close with. Dude, like. Marvel Multiverse Bloodworth. Yeah. He's only referred to as Dan. Dan. Like, Dan is a variant. I just think it's Street Fighter, which is cool. Uh, yeah. I love that is cool. Street Fighter. Go, go, go. Um, 2022. Uh, do you guys have any goals for the year? Do you guys do any like resolutions or anything like that? Goals? Yeah. Um, I was thinking about it just before I came up to the studio, and I was like, I don't even have any resolutions. I guess I want to read more. I don't think about resolutions that much. Work out more? That's I do, but more. That's a good goal. And save more money. That's a good one. Saving money is a good one. Yeah. yeah. I'm gonna, I feel I'm like that's just a goal for life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was one. Um, yeah, cutting down cost on food for the year. Yeah, that's, that's like a great one. one. Yeah. yeah, see if I can stick with that. Uh since the pandemic started in 2020, I've been doing a lot of delivery, a lot of DoorDash. Mm-hmm, sure. And, like, we're trying to... Knit that in the butt? Way, make that go way, way, I way like, down. I never do DoorDash. Like, how much more is it usually? I guess it depends on what you get. I can't tell you exactly, okay. but it's more. It's definitely... Yeah. I'll say that yeah. every time I've looked it up to consider it, yeah. I yeah. get so offended by the price <laughs> it's, increase it's, that I, get in my, I walk to my car. I'm yeah. like, yeah, nope. Yeah, yeah I was. Just I feel like whatever you're getting is like ten dollars more. I don't know the exact Damn. price, but it's, it's not even that. They do like a they offer to do, uh, do pickup in store, but yeah. they still mark their prices up for the yeah. base items as well. So I'm like, oh. no. Like I make money. Like somehow, it's cool I guess, but... that you can do that. That's awesome. Yeah, but... yeah that's. And true. then they get you, and we signed up for this. Like I have it, and my wife had it, where you can do like DoorDash Premium, oh, so you man. like save money per order. It's crazy. Yeah. Now we're trying to like. What an age. 
I haven't I haven't ordered DoorDash in like two weeks, so it's been going it's been going good. I think of Death Stranding. Dude, <laughs> if, uh, if Sam Bridges, that's his name, right? If Sam yeah, Bridges, Sam Porter Bridges, like deliver, I would order it all the time. Yeah, hell yeah, dude. And like you know, there's a chance that like he dropped it. Yeah. Right? Oh, sorry. <laughs> all right, it's all right, Sam. Uh, Damian, anything you want to do in 2022? Doesn't have to be like. Uh, what are those called? A resolution? It's just no, you want to besides do. save money on food. Um, probably keep up the keep up the diet on diet I'm on. Nice, it's been pretty, going pretty well. Mm-hmm. Nice, nice, uh, nice. It's a lot easier to do. It was very tough at the beginning. Yeah, it started in fall of like 2020, like October. Yeah, so it'll be a little over a year that I've been nice. on it. So it's been pretty good. Hell yeah. Um, just like yeah, sticking to that. But I, I do want to start adding. Uh, more outdoor walking to that. I was always worried if I started doing like rigorous, even just not rigorous, just even doing any kind of exercise on a daily basis mm-hmm. on top of my diet. I worried it would screw with my diet. Like, oh, I did walking day. I'm hungry. I'm going to eat a little oh, bit. Like, sure. and then start messing up with my diet and be like, oh, but I'm, I'm offsetting because I've done that before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And for me, the amount of workout doesn't usually offset what I start when I start eating poorly. So mm-hmm. I'm like, no, I really got to nail down this diet first and then try that. And now I feel like I'm in a spot where I'm like, I'm, I, I'm like, I feel like really good about this, and nice. I'd like to try adding on to this to see if I can Ooh. push it even a little further. Okay, nice, nice, good. Nice. Yeah, there was a short period of time, like a month or two, where I was like going to the skate park all the time, and that felt really good. And I've just completely fallen off of that. It's easy to fall. It off. is. It's just like, yeah. it's so easy to be like, well, I don't have time for that right now. And you like, you really gotta prioritize. Yeah. yeah. Just getting out there and moving. I just tell myself, stop being such a baby. Yeah. No, that's exactly like, what you gotta yeah, do. It's, you gotta oh, give yourself yeah. tough love. I'm just like, just, just, just do it, Brad. Uh, I am thrilled to talk about Pokemon. <laughs> Pokemon Legends Arceus, to be more specific, and Damiani, you've been playing it as well. Um, I am reviewing another game that is coming out very shortly, and so I haven't been able to put as much time as I wanted to into Pokemon. I'm about six-ish hours in. Uh, And I think it was on Huber Syndrome, where I was like, I'm super looking forward to Pokemon. I have no idea if it's going to be good or bad. I love it. Like, I like it way more than I was expecting uh, to like it, and we can get into all of the reasons why uh, and all of that. But Damiani, I'm kind of curious about what your gut reaction is. Yeah, it, it's interesting because so many people I see are having very positive reactions to mm-hmm. this. But it's also funny, You, you it wasn't in passing, but there was some truth to it. On the other day on a, it's like a group stream, you said like sometimes you feel like people are just a little bit more generous to Pokemon in general. Oh, absolutely, yeah. And I wonder yeah. if there's a little bit of that because we've been groomed for so long to <laughs> think of Pokemon in a certain way for right. the mainline entries that doing something this different feels so good, but in the grand scheme, looking at the larger picture, it's like, man, this is stuff they probably should have been doing like 10 years ago. And like, sure. it, it, and it's, it's, it's they got to start somewhere, so i got to give credit where credit's due. Like, yeah. this definitely feels... More exciting to play. I feel a better sense of wonder, mm-hmm. um, and, I, and so on that level, I am enjoying it, and I, I'm glad. And I hope they build upon this. I hope this is successful enough that they build upon this because I think this is the direction they need to go. Yeah. Um, that being said, I'm just there's so many things that are just coming to my attention as I play it that I'm like, man, I kind of wish they would do this. And a lot of it, part of it, falls into the category of 
technical slash graphical issues. Yeah. The other category is just straight up quality of life problems. Mm. Then there seem to be for me, there's just a lot of them like it's just because they didn't do this before and they just don't yeah, know really. about it, but so many other games do this. I'm like, please. There was one thing where I'm like, this isn't that big of a deal, but I have no idea why you're doing it this way. Cause you like you do a mission. And then you meet this guy, and he's like, do you want to, like, increase your magnetory yep. by one? <laughs> and you're like, sure. And, and the, the way that they, like, contextualize it in the world is they're like, I'll show you how to fold things, like, more neatly in your satchel. <laughs> That's what he says. Why can't he just give you a bigger one? And then, you, and then, and then you, you're like, sure. And he's like, hey, you got to pay me. And then you pay him. And then he's like... I'll show you how to fold stuff even better. Oh my and you pay, God. and it, it's just every time you do this, the price goes up and you increase your inventory by Ooh. one. And you're just like, Pokemon, why not just have me pay whatever amount <laughs> to increase it like as much as I can? Instead it's like, of why? One at a time? Why would you do this? Oh, it's so funny. They're just trying to be cheeky, but. Yeah. To, that works a couple times. Yeah. It. Like I said, like individually, it's not that big of a deal. It right. was just like such an odd yeah, yeah, yeah. moment that uh, that stuck out. Um, but to get into the nitty gritty, I purposefully kind of stayed away from a lot of the the legend stuff. I, I feel like I went into this pretty blind, which I think being blind to it, other than you know seeing how it looked, uh, which worried me, <laughs> uh, might be contributing to my positive feelings because I think what it does, like. There's so many things I want to talk about, I don't even really know where to start. The first thing is, this has to be the best Pokemon story oh. in a long time. Like, And it's not like amazing, mm -hmm. but this whole idea of taking Pokemon back to a, to a very early time uh, where you're, you're in this village, right? And so things aren't as technologically advanced as they're used to being in Pokemon. And there's all this superstition going on. There's all of these legends. Uh, you have these two different groups that, like, have different interpretations, basically, of, of this almighty power. Uh, all that stuff is super interesting, but it doesn't do the horrible Pokemon thing. Like, I hate starting a Pokemon game and being like, I'm going to enjoy this in, like, 10 hours. Like, it'll take off, like, oh. it's brutal training wheels and, like, really let me go and, and get into things. I feel like it's nudging its characters in, all of whom are, like, really likable. Like, everybody has, like, a, a sense of personality to them. They're very identifiable. They're lighthearted, but not mm -hmm. in a way that is annoying. They just, they kind of, like, set them up. And then they're like, okay, just go play. And you can go and just follow the main story if you want, but you have plenty of time to be like, I just want to explore. I just want to work on the Pokedex. I just want to, you know, gain experience for my Pokemon. I want to do research tasks. I want to go collect materials. Like, you have these huge swaths of time where you feel like you get to do exactly what you want to do. And, like, it doesn't take that long until you get a mount mm -hmm. and you're just like, I can just fly through this place. It's no big deal. Um, and like the base is really, really, really good. Uh, I think it kind of like takes the accessibility of something like a, like a let's go Pikachu or a let's go Eevee, but it doesn't totally remove the depth, right? Where like if there are Pokemon in the field, you can just throw a Pokeball or a Pokeball variant to try to catch them. 
but there's some skill involved with that where if you hit them from the back, you have a better chance of catching them. Oh. Or like some of them are very skittish if they see you. Mm-hmm. Or some of them don't want to be caught or unless you battle them or at the very least are like super prone to battle. Um, and then like if you use like a heavy ball, which is a better ball for catching things, it has like no range. And so you have to get really close. And it's just so much better than... Mm-hmm randomly running around in the grass being like, okay, there's a 5% chance for this Pokemon to spawn. I hope I get it. Like, it it, it, it makes them actually feel like living things existing in a field rather than just, like, math you're trying to get lucky at in a way. Do they just kind of appear out of nowhere, though, when you're walking around? There are, like, there are like set parts. So, like, you, let's say you have this field, right? And it's like, okay, the Psyducks are going to be over in this mm-hmm. part mm-hmm. or... You know, the the this type of Pokemon is going to be in this section. And then that also changes depending on time of day as well. Oh, okay. Um, and I think they do... The, I think the, the way they handle the Pokedex is really, really smart um, because that is tied into progression. So uh, it's not just like, oh, I want to see every Pokemon or I want to catch every Pokemon. Each individual Pokemon has like a series of tasks mm-hmm. and you get research points for the more tasks you complete so it's like catch one of these catch three of these have it see it have it do this move Mm. uh catch it without it seeing you and so you have like all these little objectives and then for all of those that you complete you get stars and your rank goes up so the more stars that you have the higher your rank um and then it's like if you have if you get another star you'll be able to level up your pokemon more and have them listen to you oh and so is that what your rank does that's what your rank does. So it's kind of like it kind of serves the function okay. of like a gym badge. Got it. Basically. Oh yeah, I, was, I like that. There's if there's like no gyms, right? Do you have a stupid rival again? Uh, well, uh, you, you, I haven't encountered any gyms so far. Okay. Um, and I would imagine that this is a, a time period where that doesn't make sense because they're still it's still they, like they really like early. just invented the Pokeball. Yeah. yeah. I mean, this sounds the most interesting to me because yeah. like I I know the gyms and like you know the trainer and yeah. the rivals like very traditional Pokemon, but like. For someone who's like pretty doesn't care about Pokemon, that sounds more interesting to me this it's, time around. It's way more interesting. And there was this really cool fight that I did where it was against this giant Pokemon and he had this huge life bar. And what's interesting is like you, your trainer, like the Pokemon can attack you. Oh, and so that's cool. You don't want to get attacked. And so you're fighting this thing. And you have to dodge out of the way, like and then it'll actually s- dodge? yeah, like you as the trainer, oh. you have to you have to dodge out of the way. You're part of the, the survey corps, and then you have to throw this balm at it to weaken it, and then you can you can use your Pokemon to basically stun it, and so you can throw a lot of balm at it, and it's in a frenzied state, and so this balm makes it so it's not frenzied yeah. anymore. Wait, is combat still turn based? Combat. So yes, I think where you're getting confused is like um, you're. The trainer, you're moving around the field, like something can attack you. Mm-hmm. But we, the things that you could you could throw two things basically. You can throw items, or you can throw a Pokemon. If oh. you throw a Pokemon at it, you go into a traditional oh, turn-based style got thing. Got it. But otherwise, it's all happening you have in to, real like, time. Initiate yes. combat with yes. them. Okay. Yep. 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 Um. Yeah, and so that that boss battle was really cool and and really creative. And it fit the story of of the world super well, where it was like, this thing is being frenzied. How do we deal with it? 
Uh, we have to use this specific thing. And I, I don't know what the boss battles are going to be like well beyond that, but uh, it was just, like, something different for Pokemon mm-hmm. in a way that, like, everything that it's doing, I think it it highlights the good parts of Pokemon, which is the joy of discovery, um, the exploration, the, like, and, and just kind of the wonder of these creatures. I feel like it's doing it in a way that, that all makes sense. Mm. But there's even... Uh, like in there's changes to the regular battle system as well. Like that that's different than what it normally is. So not only do your Pokemon have moves as they usually do, but you can make it so Pokemon master certain moves. Hmm. And then you can perform that move in either a strong style where it will do more damage, but the consequences of that is like your opponent will get to act more times oh. afterward. Or you can do Agile style, which will make it so you can do more turns, but you do less damage. Oh, okay. And so it takes moves that like might otherwise not be as worthwhile and kind of gives them a little bit more hmm. utility and has you paying very close attention to the turn order in a cool way. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. There's a good amount of tactical revisions to this that I think add a little bit of depth that was kind of missing from... The the main story progression of the of the mainline games yeah. because they were so straightforward like like you basically could like brute force your way and like you weren't really thinking about like matchups or anything like that and while that's not the biggest concern that I, I I do feel like there's these the strong and agile stuff do fully utilize some of your skill sets a little bit better mm-hmm. for me like how it came across like yes that's very true like you use the strong attack like you lose speed. Mm-hmm. And so your other opponent may be able to go more, but like if you know this is super effective, but you've used it a few times before and like it doesn't quite take them out of health, but like it's like a slither or a little bit like, well, just strong style that I'm going to one shot you now. I don't have to worry about that. If you get a bad matchup with someone and you're not sure and you like say you've mastered, uh, you know, a, a Pokemon with a teleport or a, a, a like a, 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 a poison ability you can use the poison ability and, and, and like ensure that they get hit with that and like do it twice and like get it in there oh. so like you could like you can move faster and yeah. like maybe apply that and then get out of there before they oh. they can take their action against you so it opens up a little bit more for that and i think that was like kind of underutilized and it's a really nice system and then how it weaves it into these kind of like boss battles is great as ben was saying because you have the real-time action part where mm-hmm. you're trying to create these openings by dodging, and you you either can you can just do a dance and run around them the whole time and toss these bombs at them to calm them if you really want to do it that way, or you can make them do something where like they ram against a tree or something, and now mm-hmm. they're 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 kind of confused. You summon your Pokemon at that time; they're more vulnerable. Oh. Then you take out their HP. They stay down for a longer time, and you can start chucking <laughs> those bombs like really fast and take Sorry. off a huge chunk. But, I mean, it's whatever you feel comfortable with. So they're giving you a few different ways to approach. And it, as you said, Ben, it carries into just how you even catch and engage traditional Pokemon. Whether right. you want to sneak up on them. Sorry, get behind them. Yeah. Whether you want to even, like, just, like, catch them or fight them, period. Mm. And, the as you said, the Pokedex. Like, you don't have to complete every single task right. to rank up. You're given a bunch of options. And you just want to get to max, like, research level on each individual entry. And how you go about doing that, there's, like, six different categories. So it's giving you a lot of flexibility, which I think is why so many people are having a good time with this game. Because it's about just exploring the world, playing Pokemon how you want to to play it. And and, and it's not so 
procedural anymore. I mm. feel like it's not. It, it's yeah. It's just got that sense of awe again. Ooh, the best way to put yeah, it. yeah. There, there's a tremendous sense of freedom, but at the same time, th- despite the openness, despite the feeling of choice, I still feel like there is a strong narrative at the core. There is like a good constant sense of progression. It's not like you don't have to sit there and just like farm materials if you don't want to do that. It, it, okay. I, I feel like it's giving you like tons of choices where it's like, yeah, you can craft all of these things. Like you can go into your menu and you can craft a bunch of Pokeballs if you want, or you could just buy them, you know? And so like, I know that that seems like such a simple thing, but what I'm trying to say is like, there, there's a ton to do. Like there's all these requests that you can fill around town. Um, and some of them you'll definitely want to do, but you don't have to do all of them. I just I just feel like they're another way for you to engage with the world. I played like 10 hours of Sword and Shield or yeah. whatever, and it seems like you just have way more variety of what you can just do with your character. Like, yeah. from what I remember that game, it's just pretty much like, go to that town, beat that gym leader. Now let's go on this really linear path. Right. Go to that town, beat that gym leader. There was a, a kind of stupid, kind of remarkable moment that I had today when I was playing where... There was this like, there was like this river, and on the other side of this river, there was like this bank where there were <laughs> items, and I was like, I bet I could get over. <laughs> like I bet if I use my mount and I mm-hmm. speed boost and I jump, because you get like if you go into the water, you don't instantly get hurt and then reappear on the shore. You can you can paddle like A three bit. times, yeah. And so I would go and I would jump. And I would get like right to the edge of the, the the bank and I wouldn't quite do it. But I was like, this is such a fun, stupid, very like open world moment where I see something on the other side and I'm trying to figure out a way to get there. Or moments where you're like, can I make it up the slope or whatever? And they're not all that remarkable on their own. And there's certainly th- things that plenty of other games have done, I realize. But like if you think about traditional Pokemon, like they're just really boring mazes i feel like mm-hmm. a lot of time where it's just like yeah they are here's the sections where i have random encounters maybe there's like pokeballs with items that i can pick up mm-hmm. and maybe i'll have to like push some rocks or something but it's just like you don't really have to engage with the environment a lot of times in a meaningful way i understand that like some areas are more intricate than others but the general point that i'm trying to make is it feels very outdated in a way and i think just moving around the world here is way more fun and way more exciting. And like just the act of getting from point A to B is a lot more engaging. Do you think, so th- I guess this is like a spinoff of Pokemon, Pokemon yeah. Legends Arceus. Yes. So it'll be Pokemon Legends now. Do you think the mainline series will follow this trend? The thing is, is like, because they're doing this and in my opinion, because they're executing it so well, like, at the very least, I feel like you have to use this as a base. Right. You know, it's like, it's like, like Monster Hunter World, right? Mm-hmm. Rise used that yeah. and kind of spun off from that, but a lot of the good things that Rise from did there, yeah. came from World, hmm. right? And so I, I, I really hope I, you never know with Pokemon, but <laughs> I, yeah. I think that there is something here. The killer, the thing that sucks is. <laughs> you just wish it was on any other platform. 
Like it just there's there's no doubt about, like and that's the thing and I, I don't want to I don't want to get too hung up on this because like I think the design of the game creates that sense of awe as Damiani mm-hmm. said, but. Switch. You just think for like one second, you're like, what if this had the power of a contemporary console yeah. or like the budget of something like a Witcher or Horizon or, or whatever, because it it is just it is just ugly as sin. Like there's just no way around it. Mm-hmm. It's like you're riding on your mount and you're just like watching the environment pop in ahead of you and everything is just kind of washed out and the blurry. Color. Yeah, the col- I hate the color palette for this game. I, uh, even playing on the OLED screen in handheld mode, like with those v- like vibrant setting, it still doesn't really pop off the screen very well. Yeah. And yeah, it, it to put it in the most succinct way, 2017's Breath of the Wild technically and visually looks better than this game. Yeah. And it's well, like... It just pops more. Yeah. yeah. It, 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 I, maybe they were going for something they couldn't fully realize. I've seen people say like maybe like Japanese watercolor paintings are trying to go for that like aesthetic, but yeah. this can't realize it. And the only nice thing I could say is almost no loading times. It's very nice to like instant yeah. load. I was like, all right, that's, that's, cool. that's cool at least. But I mean, yeah, when you're trying to like run around in a mount and not only is everything popping up, but like certain geography is like slightly deformed because it isn't fully mm. formed yet on like hills and mountains. And I was like, all right, yeah, maybe maybe next round this will look a little bit better. And for me, it's not it's not the worst thing. It's, I mean, it's noticeable. But it's not like hampering anything. I, but I wish it could really benefit from that. The music, though, I love in the music. The, the music I've heard so far is pretty good. Um, for me, it's another case of I really wish open world games would just like I like open world games that use music for themes, both like mm. day night mm. themes and like sequ- uh, circumstantial stuff. Yeah, that more like that. Maybe a little less Breath of the Wild style. Like it was nice once, but not that. But the quality of life update stuff. Mm. Like I, I hope there are updates in the future. One of the biggest gripes I have, uh, because we're saying you can do so many different activities, uh, there are side requests you can get from from villagers, and you can set it to the active thing, and it'll track that. Mm-hmm. But like all the other stuff, when you complete it, there's like no way to tell you've completed something in like the quest log. If you turn something in, it shows it's completed. But when you're ready to turn something in, unless you are keeping track of it in your head, like oh, I was oh, supposed to collect six like, berries, it doesn't like do anything to tell you you're complete. Like no green check or something. So it's a it's a little like it's something simple, and I understand they don't want to overwhelm you with a bunch of like green check or checkbox. Yeah or anything like that or exclamation marks but just something on the menu that says you've completed this you like can go literally turn it every in. other game does. yeah, I was yeah. Just every, every other game yeah. does that so I mean, don't have to I, go to the NPC and guess did I finish this or not I don't know it wasn't even something I was really thinking about but you're totally right it's it's such a weird half step because when you get the quest right then and there you're like you can you can just say I want to track this and then you can pretty much see like where you need to go at all times and so that's very useful but you can only track one thing at a time. There's no, as Damian said, there's no reason, like, if you get your three things of wheat or whatever, mm-hmm. the game can't just be like, hey, this is ready to turn in. Mm-hmm. And then you need to go it's there. It's like an on-screen yeah. prompt says you completed it and, mm-hmm. like, go turn it in. But, like, it's because it's so interesting because you can uh, kind of Z-target Pokemon <laughs> and it links it to your Pokedex and it'll show you, like, a research rating Ooh. and some information in the bottom left corner. Yeah. But they do that for Pokemon, but like they My don't quest. Yeah, they didn't think ahead to like think about that with questing. Yeah, that's, and uh, that's not good. <laughs> yeah, that's annoying. Because I spent, I, I did put like about an hour or so into like just let me just do side quests for about an hour and see how this goes. I just want to check this out, and 
it's usually like catch a Pokemon or go find me something. But turning it in, I was like, wait, who did I even? Okay, oh. I gotta set. You have to set it as the active one. So you gotta go in two levels. You gotta open up like a menu that shows like the world map. Then hit your side quest and and main scenario. Then go into that. Then click it to set as the active one. Then it puts the marker on the NPC. Then you go track him down as mm-hmm. usual. But then it doesn't tell you. Yeah, it's. It's yeah. one of the sm- it's small stuff that adds up. It's not like yeah. the most egregious thing, Catch it in. but it's just a few things like that. And then like this, yeah, the satchel thing. That guy is such a troll because his last <laughs> line is like, "One more spot could have been the, the difference between life and death." And I'm out there and I get like a new rare candy, and it's like you can't pick that up because yeah. you're full. Yeah. So it it runs into a problem that is. I feel like regularly annoying with these types of games where like I feel like I expanded my bag like a lot. I don't I don't remember how many, but I went through like several iterations of him being like one more slot, one more slot. And even still I can fill up my satchel like immediately. Uh and it's like that's just never an enjoyable part of these games because it's it's not like like a survival horror where like that's part you, of the game. You, it's part of the uh, game where you feel like you're thing. constantly under threat of like not having very much. Mm-hmm. Whereas here, it's just like, oh, I guess I just picked up too many rocks. I gotta go <laughs> over. And you, admittedly, you can fast travel over to the thing. Oh, and put yeah, them in the, but the still, item storage. Yeah, it's just, it's just slightly it just seems annoying. like a lot of little things that are just kind of like, why? I, even with that concession, though, like, yeah, I think there are things to complain about, but. I'm finding myself in a kind of hypnotizing flow mm. with this game. Like I, I do cool. feel like it is structured in a way where it is kind of letting me do what I want when I want to do it. Like maybe I'll go do a side quest here, or maybe I'll just go around and, and work on this Richard Stacks. Like I, I feel like I, I do have the leash off me enough where like I'm not constantly finding these things. And I think the side quests, well, not necessarily being remarkable in what they have you do mm-hmm. like you know it could be like bring me three of this thing or whatever i do find that they're all written pretty well okay. like there's there's a sense of humor to the side quests where like these people are not just like reward dispensers they they have some personality to them they have some quirk to them or there's something cool. going on uh, that makes the side quest a little bit more engaging, but it's also not like droning on forever. It's not right. like, here, let me tell you my life story. But it's just enough to give the game kind of some spark and some zest. And I think the same thing is true uh, of the main story. I just encountered uh, the Misfortune Sisters, uh. and it's just like, these pe- these people are delightful to watch. Like, <laughs> The, the the lines that one of I'm them reading. is named Coin. Yes, yeah. <laughs> Coin. It's just really clever and cute in a way, and it, it almost it's kind of frustrating because I think the dialogue and the localization is really strong, and there's just no voice acting, and you're oh, just like, yeah. and you're just like. You you've got it. You've got all the ingredients. Imagine if you had some amazing performances to really Flesh bring these characters, characters to life even more. There's so much potential because a lot of this ties back. I didn't even think about this till you were just talking about all of this. The you, you you're basically trying to. This is a new village, mm-hmm. uh, and, and you're seeing it grow and expand and being built over your like. You can actually do stuff that helps the add new grow? things. Like there's a there's a, a farm field. And you can plant crops there, Ooh. and you can expand that field to get more crops based on doing certain side quests. Dude. So, like your reward like isn't this. just like, your reward is seeing more activity within the village. Mm-hmm. So it's like tied to that. 
And it's a really cool concept because as Ben was saying, like this being said in the past, like this world, like people are kind of scared of Pokemon. Yeah, that's sick. They describe them as frightening and like they, like it's so different from every other Pokemon. Game. Like yeah. the wonderful world of Pokemon where we've been living happy together forever and mm-hmm. everyone's like, we love Working Pokemon. It's like Pokemon yeah. are scary and terrifying. Oh my God, yeah. don't let them into our village. It's so bad. It's like, whoa, 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 whoa. That's cool. And, and, and I feel like in regular Pokemon, I feel like everybody just kind of, bends over backwards for you but the way that this game starts because you fall out of the sky from the future and excuse me yeah, yeah that's the twist you 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 go into the village and they're like uh okay you can stay here tonight but tomorrow we're gonna make you pass a trial and if you don't like you're not gonna take up space in this village like we're gonna exile you oh shit yeah and there's just like <laughs> And they're like, yeah, like Pokemon are dangerous. Like you could die. Mm-hmm. And there's just this sense cool. of, of of realness to it. Or like, you know, people don't necessarily trust you because you're an outsider. And that's cool. Uh, of, of course, you know, pretty quickly, you know, you forge relationships around, yeah. and, and you yeah, turn yeah, things around. But to to add to Tamiani's point, I think there's just this groundedness with this world where. Like, it doesn't just feel like Pokemon is going through the motions again. It's really trying to present a different time period where everything is new and everything is different. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, I don't know. There's just so many cool little touches. Like, sure. you meet people and they're like, you put them in balls? Like, that doesn't seem yeah. humane. Like, you shouldn't do that. Hmm. And Questioning it's just everything like, you know. Yeah, and it's just it's just like thinking about these conversations. And even, like, when you catch a Pokemon... This like the ball like shoots up and it makes like this little firecracker noise. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, in this time period, I guess to like let you know that you caught it, the best that they could probably do is like some little firecracker yeah. sounds. And it's just it's all these little things that that kind of like present Pokemon in this new fascinating That's light. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. I I feel like I'm putting about roughly maybe a little bit more time than you are. Mm. I'm a little bit further than where you are, so mm. I, I won't say anything specific since you're about to get there. Um, they do add a few things that like expand like what you can do, mm. not radically, but like there's one thing you're gonna get very soon that's like oh, and it'll have side quests attached to it, and I do think. Are you talking about the bear? Yeah. Okay. Bear. I have the I have the bear. Okay. So you have yeah, a like bear? the scent. You have a bear that has a scent that can track things. What? Yes. So you get quests where you can track you down missing people and ride Woo! a bear. Yeah. So I haven't done any of those quests yet, but you I you need I to have take a bear. screenshot of that and send it to Huber. Yeah. I thought yeah. of Huber immediately. But I'm like, yeah. those are the possibilities I'm thinking of. And then like the second, I won't say what it is, but like the second boss like encounter is mm. a little much different than the first okay. one. Okay. I don't think and, I've done and that. And I either. and I liked it. I was like, okay. And and I was hearing like it gets more difficult from there on out. The thing I feel like though, it's I still feel like it's missing like something, and I can't put my like put into mm. words because like I I feel like I understand the gameplay loop now. You, as we said, like you got to explore however you want to explore and r- level up your research rank to get access to new areas where you push forward to find these I guess they're called lords, lords of each Whoa, area, cool. and you're trying to calm these lords, and then you go back to base and like congratulations, you did a good job. Here's a new area, and you got to like rank up to go to that new area. Mm. It's kind of like that cycle, and that works so well, like in a, and I'm thinking analogous to the most analogous is like Monster Hunter. And mm. it like works so well for me because like you could do that solo, you can play with other people. 
It may be as simple as like there just is no real multiplayer component mm-hmm. to this game. You can't battle other people and people can't join you in this game. I was like, man, if hmm. they made those frenzy battles. Like I'm thinking of like the uh, Gigantamax battles or whatever, the raids and Sword and Shield. Like I feel like something like that could have benefited, but they do have some kind of asynchronous thing. Other players' satchels when they fall in battle, you could go on the map. I've it seen marks this on the map, them. but I haven't actually it's, gone and grabbed it. Re- so what you do yeah. is you recover it. And it's like congrats. It's gonna send it back to the player. You get a thank you. You get these merit points, mm. and there's an NPC in town, and you could trade them for special items. Mm. And there is a trading system, but I feel like there's, I feel like the secret ingredient might be if they revisit this, might be a multiplayer component to this game. I think like that would elevate this even further for me because Going on the field with your friends. Yeah, like I, I feel like that would make it so much more special for mm. some reason because Pokemon is a lot about playing with other people, whether it's trading or battling, and right. not, not really having all that element there is a little. Yeah, I think that's going to be one of the things long-term people are like, I hope if you make a sequel, add add that back in. Mm. Um, I want to talk a little bit about the difficulty. And oh, sure. so far in my experience, while I wouldn't say Pokemon Legends is a difficult game, that's not the, the sure, way yeah. I would brand it. it. It At least I feel like pushes back way more than you I am used to in the early game for a Pokemon game, uh, or at least with like more contemporary titles, because like, the, the things that I'm fighting, I feel like, are right around my level. And I'm, like, going around, I'm battling a fair amount, I'm catching a fair amount. I feel like I'm getting a lot of experience, and I feel like what I'm fighting is right there. And, like, I'm not just running into these instances where my Pokemon is just this impenetrable tank and can chew through, like, entire teams. Like, yeah. I feel like my Pokemon are, are regularly fainting. And then on top of that, if your Pokemon is fainted when the battle is over, they don't get experience. And so it's like, okay, that guy fainted, but I really want to get him XP. I'm going to use up an action to use a revive to make... And so it's just like, it it doesn't seem like that much, but in comparison to some of like the mind numbingness that Pokemon can be, (laughs) it it feels like like at Oasis, it's like, okay, like you're making me care enough to be in, invested mm, into what I'm that doing. That sounds like basic turn-based battle stuff. Yes. But in Pokemon, hey, that's new, right. I guess. It, <laughs> in a way, it sort of feels like it's meeting the threshold that it should always meet. But <laughs> At the bare minimum. It, even even though it <laughs> yeah. does, I do think it is it is benefiting the game. Sure. Like, I'm not, like, when I get to a story moment, I'm not like, oh, this is going to be a breeze. Mm. Yeah. It can get a little chaotic at times. There's these... Um, Things called time space distortions that appear in the field. And I've been told about them. I haven't done I it yet. I literally just did my first one. Nice. And because it, it, it prompts you on screen. It literally on text Quantum says uh, some disturbance was detected. It looks like a giant like vortex mm. or like a, a giant like like uh, semicircle that you go into, and it's like all stormy and stuff inside. And I went in my first one. They warn you. It has really strong Pokemon. Like six Pokemon just appeared out of nowhere. Oh There's shit! Like, and they like teleport around erratically. And I'm being chased by multiple like high level Pokemon, That's awesome. but they're really supposedly really rare items in there. And I threw down like a Pokeball to try and fight, and like it was a three v one fight out of nowhere. I'm like, oh my gosh! And like <laughs> they were, yeah, you're like it. it I, if they do more of that type of stuff, like you can easily get overwhelmed, and it feels natural. Like I just want to run out of here. I want want to be able to run away. And you're right, like 
the situations give the illusion that it's pushing back a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, it is. It actually is more than the mainline games. But in the grand scheme of video, video game difficulty, it's kind of rudimentary. But uh, it's nice to feel that sense of I'm going to like have, have multiple Pokemon probably faint in a right. battle. Like, huh. And even at level things that like I know my Pokemon has the super effective moves against you, they still do a little decent amount of damage to you. Um, and like the, the the worrying about experience because they're fainted mm-hmm. now, you can always fast travel <laughs> and go back and rest and get your Pokemon healed up right away. Sure, yeah. But like fast travel only takes you to camps. Getting back to those spots, I mean, you can mount up. It's it's still a little bit yeah, of a sure, time investment. Sure, 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 sure. And uh, there's uh, the last thing is like the alpha Pokemon, like not knowing sometimes what level yes. they are yes. and like getting in I over was your head. Just with going those. to bring that yeah. up. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Yeah, so. Yeah. There are uh, these Pokemon with glowing red eyes, and when you're running, they can just, like, knock you on your butt, which is just a funny little addition. But, like, there was this uh, Tangrowth, and I uh, ran up to it, and I was like, I'll just try to take it on. And it was almost twice my level, and it was just, like, just just annihilating my (laughs) starter, and so it's like, oh, I have to run. You know, and again, this this is something that other games have done before, but I feel like fits... Uh, Pokemon really, really, really well, uh, and and just having you feel like there's there's a sense of threat or cool. that something could come and kind of ruin your day. Hmm. Uh, you know think? what? I would maybe consider buying this now. Yeah, I I really I I am shocked. Like even something as simple as so, so it's like okay, Ghastly, Ghastly only appear at night, and then you go up to them and you try to catch them, and it's like oh like they disappear for a little bit and mm. then appear somewhere else, and like it's not that big of a deal. Like you just turn and you'd be like okay there you are and you throw it, but it's like yeah that's something that Ghastly would do, mm-hmm. and it's just it's it's all these tiny little things that kind of yeah sure kind of add up, but it's a game that like. When I sit down to play it, I feel like I could just oh, go and shit, go and go. That's and go. nice. Yeah, it's really wow. nice. Wow. I'm impressed. Yeah, I, I'm curious. Like, because Damiani, you mentioned like the game needing a little bit more. And I'm just, I wonder if I'm sort of at or near that tipping point where the repetition will start to set in. Like, I, like, I wonder if it's going to get to a point where it's like, okay, they have a good idea here, but there's just not enough to justify mm. the yeah, length of the yeah, game. Yeah, it's way too soon. Like in the first area, I found a spot I you absolutely cannot get to until you get probably something else. It seems pretty obvious what you're going to get. And I'm like, oh, well, that seems like it's going to open up a lot of possibilities and just from an exploration standpoint as well as potentially maybe a new gameplay thing. And I'm mm. like, we'll have to see. So, yeah. yeah, six to seven hours when hearing like it's taking people 30 plus bare minimum to get yeah. through it. Like that's still wow. not even a third of the way through. So yeah. a little early to judge that. I- mm. Yeah, for sure. Um it's it's so promising though. I like <laughs> uh I just reiterating, it's like imagine if this was like a PC or a PS five <laughs> or, or a series X. Like imagine yeah. like uh, just just imagine. But yeah, I I can't believe it. It it really feels like a game in a lot of ways that is taking a lot of my core criticisms with the series. And addressing them like head on, nice. and it's it's just so it's so nice. Mm. It's 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 the kind of game that where I think if you are like maybe sick of Pokemon uh, or haven't been a Pokemon fan for a long time, I think it can kind of drum up some mm. of those okay. old feelings in a in a compelling way. Two questions. Yeah, is Blastoise in it? I've not seen Blastoise, Wartortle, or Squirtle. Okay, makes me nervous. 
Yeah. Question two. Yeah. Can you ride Snorlax as a mount? Uh, I saw a Alpha Snorlax in the distance. I did not fight him. Oh, shit. Uh, I do not know if you can okay. ride Snorlax. Okay. I don't know all the... That's, that's the thing. It's like... I really have not been following like pre-release coverage or sure. leaks at all, and it's like even better because it's like I have no idea what the hell is okay. going to happen. Okay, uh, which is pretty awesome. But Brad, uh, the Legacy of Thieves collection, yeah, just came out on PS5, and you've been mm. revisiting Uncharted Four. Yeah, man, a game I have not played since around the time that it came Same. out. Same. Yeah. yeah, man, I uh, I booted this up last night, and I was like, oh, yeah, I'll play some Uncharted. Like, I really liked Uncharted 4. I remember it was a great time. Dude, Uncharted 4 is so much fun. Really? I'm having a blast going through this game, dude. That's awesome. Yeah, you're you're that alone, like, really makes me want to give it another look. Because dude. when I played Uncharted 4, like, I liked it, but it was one that I felt like was, like, a little long in the tooth. Mm. Like, I, I, re- I remember feeling a little worn out by the end. Sure. Maybe it was just... How he was feeling at the time, but yeah, it definitely takes its time. But dude, just revisiting this game and it looks better than ever. Nice. Like honestly, going from thirty frames to like sixty, or you can even do one hundred and twenty, I believe, if you, on PS Five. Yeah, if you have the monitor supported or whatever. But it's nice. like world difference. Like it looks better, man. It's just yeah. been such a blast revisiting this game. I'm like, man, I miss Uncharted. Man, when it came out, it was it was a looker, dude. So. It looks so good. Nice, nice and the nice writing nice. is so. Excellent. Like, Uncharted's always had great writing, but it's like, I love these characters. I love all this going on right now. I'm so into this. It feels like watching a a summer blockbuster in the best way. Yeah. Where it's like, just a spectacle of joy and happiness is Uncharted 4 for me right now. Yeah, the way that it it handled Nathan's relationship with the people close in his life, I I thought was was really impressive. Um, The thing about Uncharted is I feel like, uh, and I'm just playing devil's advocate here, Mm -hmm. but I feel like it's it's really easy to be like, oh, yeah, like, you know, it has those awesome set peep moments. Obviously, it has the Mm -hmm. the Jeep moment. Yeah. Um, But I I feel like you kind of know what you're getting into. Is there anything, like, about the the combat or the exploration or the puzzles or anything where you're like, wow, this is, like, even better than I remember it being? I just, one thing I was thinking of is how much like you don't shoot a gun for a while in this game Mm. how much it like takes its time building up to these moments like setting up the plan like really early on in the game you like go to steal this artifact from like a like an auction of like of criminals essentially it's like just like the slow task of drake is this when you're in the suit Yes. Okay. Like, so I, was, infil- I didn't know if that was three yeah, or four. Yeah, like just yeah. infiltrating this place and them going through the plan and like going step by step through things like that. I'm just like, because so, like when I think of Charted back in the, like in a general sense, I just think of Drake shooting and shit exploding yeah, everywhere. Like for sure. Yes, that's in the game. There's stuff like that, but it's like not as much as I remembered at some of the parts from like, yeah, sure. we're really easing into this adventure right, right here. Right, right, right. It's not just that there is constant explosions. It's yeah, that it's not, you get to It's the... not 10 all the time, but everything you're doing is still super interesting. Even just like the moments between characters, like just a moment early on in the game, you're diving in the water and you're just looking for some like junk to help out for like mm-hmm. your day job. And it's just still entertaining because of the writing. Yeah. And obviously the game looks gorgeous. It's, I mean, it's Naughty Dog. Right. It's top of the line. So, yeah. Uh, shooting's good, better than I remember. I okay. Feel, it feels good. Like, some of the dual sense feels pretty nice, like the triggers and stuff oh, like nice. that. Oh, nice, 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 nice. Nothing, like, crazy, but, like, nice little things from when I pull back the trigger, it feels a little harder, you know, like pulling a gun or something like that. Sure. 
And the melee combat's okay. Like, mm-hmm. it looks, like, super cinematic. I mean, it's just, like, you know, square, circle, dodge, triangle to counter. Pretty simple stuff, but it's, like, I was fighting in a brawl early on, and uh, Nate's brother's there. And it's, like, I attack a guy at the same time with him, and they like, both picked him up and, like, threw him. I'm like, dude, this is some rad dual tech shit. Like, yes. I love this kind of thing. Um, does it does it does the linearness of it at all feel dated in comparison to to more contemporary games? Um, well, I haven't gotten to the parts where there's like there's like bigger open parts like later on mm. with the jeep, like you can actually like drive around. I haven't gotten to there yet, but I think the it's been nice like feeling linear right okay. now. Where I'm like, I feel really focused and not sure. like I'm just aimlessly wandering around. It feels good. Like they give you. They strike this really nice balance of exploration and keeping you on track. Where you mm. feel like you're exploring still, but like you're you're going on this path for now. Where I'm at in the game, I'm still pretty. I'm like only like three hours in right now. But nice, 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 nice. Um, do you feel like jumping back into Uncharted Four? Because like I almost wish this collection had was, all the original three. Was, had like all just all. Yeah, of them. me too. Like I the wish whole it had everything thing rather than just the, the I do two too. most recent. I do ones. too. Do you feel like jumping back into Uncharted Four? Um, has been like easy to like reassociate yourself with these characters. Are mm-hmm. you like? Do you ever have that moment where you're like, oh, I wish I had gone back to one or two? Or I three. mean, I thought about going back to them, but it's just like, I I honestly love Uncharted Four. I think yeah. the most out of all of them. So it's just been like so sweet coming back to these characters. I'm blanking on the one that came out after this. And I Lost feel, Legacy. Yeah, Lost Legacy. I feel bad that I'm blanking on it because I loved. Uh, Lost yeah. Legacy, and I, I feel like it really did strike this great balance mm-hmm. between having those moments where you could just kind of drive around and 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 explore, yeah, uh, and as well as the more um, mm-hmm. linear sections. And it was interesting having a, a non Nathan focused perspective. Yeah, like Lost Legacy is like a much more open space. You're in this big space, and you yeah. can just go around. But like. Yeah. Uncharted, like, this is like the globe trotting, you know? Yeah. We're going exotic place to exotic place, exploring all these areas. It sounds like you revisiting Uncharted 4 uh, briefly has been kind of like me when I revisited God of War briefly. Sure, yeah. Where, like, it, it's almost like a cliche, I feel like, for video game commentators to bring this up, but but pacing is so important. It's and so you important. realize, like, mm-hmm. not many people nail it Half as well as they could, mm-hmm. but but in God of War, it was just like, this is this is perfect. Wonderful. Like everything yeah. everything is ebbing and flowing just right. Mm-hmm. And it sounds like Uncharted Four is yeah, the same does. thing. It's where like, really been doing it for me. You got into it, like you you're not sitting here. Mm-hmm. Like it sounds like, you know, you've only played three hours, but so much has happened in the three. Oh, so those, those much, three so hours much stuff. I'm just like really valuable. I'm like glued to it. Nice. I'm like I have all these games to play. And I'm like I'm thinking about Uncharted still in the back of my head. Yeah, isn't that the worst? I feel that way about God of War. Like, I really want to play God of War, and you feel guilty because mm. you're like, this is a game that I've already played through, mm-hmm. and I have a bunch of stuff that is brand new that I could be playing. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's just, it's a, not just, a real problem. It's just damn good. Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, Damiani and Brad, this is, this is both of you. Mm-hmm. Um, and I saw some of this on stream team, but nobody saved the, saves the world from yeah, Drinkbox. I just beat this today. Oh, nice. Yeah. A, a game that I kind of feel like has flown under the radar. Yeah. Uh, which is a little surprising from... Drinkbox? From Drinkbox, the Guacamelee team. But I guess Severed, Severed kind of was pretty Because, it, well, it was a Vita well. game originally, right. so... Right. Uh, but I feel like people in our community... Uh, 
have have been positive about this game. You've been positive about this game, mm-hmm. and by people in our community, I, I think of one person in particular. But uh, you were really positive on it. I mean, you played all the way through it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Damiani, you seemed like you had a good time on the stream team. So, what is Nobody Saves the World? Nobody Saves the World is like a weird mix of several different things. Oh, like an overworld where you have like Zelda, almost mm-hmm. not as in depth, where you're like solving puzzles in the overworld, but like a world map you explore through in like chunks. Uh, a job system from like Final Fantasy games, like three and five, where you have these specific jobs you level up with new abilities, and a like diablo S dungeons you go through, where you just go through and clear mobs that are kind of randomly generated. Okay. It's like a mix of all that stuff with drink boxes are in humor. So, with the dungeons, are, like, are they just optional dungeons? Or no. Are they... Well, there is optional, but there's main ones you have to do. Okay. Uh, but, like, when you say the, like, job system, you know, you immediately think of, like, turn-based classic mm-hmm. JRPGs. But this isn't that. This nope. is like real time. Because when you because you were talking about job system before we played the game, and then I was like, wait, I didn't realize that you were like a mouse that's gnawing yeah. on people. Yeah, it's like a, a bizarre twist on a job system. Like we would think, you know, job system white mage or like mm. a dragoon, but it's like, nah, man, you turn into a rat, then you're like a turtle, but then you turn into an archer. It's like these really weird things you turn into, but they function like job systems where you have. Each have their own unique abilities, and you kind of like level them up and get new ones yeah. for them. And and with Drinkbox, you know, you kind of like associate quirkiness. And yeah, I just yeah, loved yeah. when you could be the horse, and the horse just like kicks. moves backward. <laughs> yeah, because kick, it, yeah. it kicks with its yeah. back legs as it's attack. Games full really of stuff good. like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you can switch between the jobs yep. on the fly, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was that. That and the most impressive thing was when Brad finally, we got to it and Brad explained it to me, was understanding how in-depth this skill system can go is when you can start mixing and matching yeah. abilities between different jobs and like placing them kind of like in a, like a, a loadout essentially mm-hmm. so that this dungeon like because it's like what there's four not the best way to describe it, like they're kind of like elemental yeah, types yeah, yeah. they're not literally fire wind earth water whatever but like they function the same they function yeah. the same way so you say your character only does like sword or sort of type attack so like it's like a blunt attack so that will be any blunt enemies but these other ones need like the what the rat you, ability yeah, like is someone has like dark element on them and you can't hit them unless you break that ability so you have to use a dark ability on them to Make them vulnerable. Yeah, so it's like like you get comfortable with a certain job. Like, man, I really like this mm-hmm. job, but then this kind of pushes you outside of your comfort it zone. It's like you really that, need yeah. to like, and then like how to progress through certain parts. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, you need to do have unlock the horse because you need to talk to the horse and horse talk to mm-hmm. unlock this path. And the rat gets small, and you go here, but like you know, then then, then this one, it's like this dungeon has these types of enemies. Man, if you've really been favoring like. The archer, man, mm-hmm. you're not going to do so well in here if you didn't build up your other abilities. And everything, the 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 more Zelda-esque about it, it's not necessarily like the structure, even like the right. overworld. It's the, yeah, the yeah. nature of like you have the option to tackle your objectives in any order you want. Like one part is you're trying to get to this like main castle, this king's castle mm-hmm. in the early game. Mm-hmm. But there's these side dungeons you got to get. And like you get this currency, these stars. And if you get enough stars, you can lock the path forward and go get stars however you want. Because each job has its own like quest that mm-hmm. you can fulfill and you earn stars for that the only thing i'll say brad had to keep telling me to yes. redeem my quest because it doesn't automatically do it for uh, you you got to manually go in and click it and claim it and i was like okay yeah. why did you just do that you that do that my, a lot that was my only small gripe but like other than that yeah it was like 
this is really cool because a lot of them are repeatable. So oh, like just naturally playing, you'll unlock more of those. Mm -hmm. And others are just and each job has like a a letter grade system mm -hmm. as well. Yeah. So like it's not just it's like a levels essentially. So one will unlock the paths above you, the options above you, but uh, at the same time it'll unlock new skills yep. and the ability to upgrade existing skills. Yep. Like you can only upgrade so far before yeah. you you need to rank up again. Yeah. So it really causes yeah really makes You're you mix and match. Constantly incentivized to level up or to do your job quest for each thing you get because not only do you get new abilities for your job and unlock new ones, but it also gives you your main XP, which is like that carries over throughout every job. So you're going to be want to constantly be doing all of these things to level up your yourself, I guess, as well, which is super important. And this is all thanks to you, because the title, you literally start as a nobody. Yes. It's like yeah. defenseless. Yes. And like you go from there. You have like the, the a like limp. A, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, that's great. But like the story, like you get this wand from this jerk named randy and like he's the <laughs> like, you really hate this dude and mm. he's like but no i'm like the what, assistant to like the best mage mm -hmm. in the world nostromagus or whatever and like you're trying to track them down but this randy guy at every turn is great because when you talk to npcs they ask you about him like you be honest like this guy sucks like yeah he sucks doesn't he and i'm mm -hmm. like thank you don't be like the good guy be like yeah, yeah, yeah be yeah, nice be box. nice they kind of like Stuff. don't trust you as much i'm like that's good mm -hmm. i like that <laughs> uh a couple of questions. You you mentioned, uh, you know, keeping you on your toes or forcing you out of your comfort zone. Like, I could see that being annoying in the sense that, like, maybe you have, like, a big cluster of enemies. Mm -hmm. And it's like, okay, they're all weak to different things. And so it's, like, hard pinpointing so what you what want to attack with What they do in those scenarios is, like, if you're in a big... They usually don't put in more than two weaknesses at a time in a group. Gotcha. Okay. So you can always, like, kind of manage it. So you're never, like, constantly switching. Like, you're not going to get all four usually at a time. Yeah. And the moves kind of all the abilities kind of have a rhythm to them. Like mm -hmm. they're, they're, like the more you use them, the more you understand. Because like each one only is like I think three at most, and mm -hmm. a lot of them are just like here's like either have like a, a, a melee, melee, a range. Like the big knight has like a stomp ability. It's just like a pushback, and like mm -hmm. you're like okay, I know what I'm gonna use in the situation. Do you want that or like the horse abilities? Like dude, this is like does a lot of damage, but you got to be facing backwards. Right. And that's one of the things about the controls. The controls are really good in this game. Mm -hmm. uh, it took it's a tiny bit of a learning curve, but once you get over that small hump, like everything just clicks. Like yeah, uh, because it's a uh, directional inputs for your or, uh, eight. No, it's four directionals, uh, mm, right? Yeah, yeah North uh, yeah, Cardinals. And you can either manually aim or you can hold down uh, like a trigger button and lock yourself in that direction to make it easier. So it's not quite like a twin stick shooter, but it has a little bit of that vibe at times mm -hmm. where it's going for that, like a little bit bullet heli almost, but yeah, not quite. Gotcha. And that's where it gets a little bit more chaos and where you need to like get comfortable. You, like that's where it's pushing out of your comfort zone because maybe you're that ranger and you're used to like hitting a bunch of enemies from far away, but now these guys are way faster. You are not going to be getting all your shots. Switch over to the night so you can knock them back a little bit mm -hmm. and then get in there because you're slow moving at that. But then you whack them with your sword and your sword's so strong it keeps them at bay. That might be a better solution for you. Whereas other parts you're going through like narrow passages mm -hmm. and all these arrows are flying around you to try and like knock you off. And it's like, well, if I hang back here and take out the enemies from afar, it'll be easier. Then I can focus on actually traversal at this mm -hmm. point. It, it's not always that straightforward, but like it, it kind of like works you into it, eases you into it a little bit like that. Mm -hmm. Um. The additional abilities that you can get for a job, like, can a job start where it, like, doesn't do any specific type of damage, but then it's like, oh, this does this type of damage with this new ability? So, usually, 
the job has an associated like attack type with it, like dark or something like that. I see. Usually, so the, the job, job has that whole thing, okay. but you take other abilities from other jobs that are the opposite or something like that. And you also have passive stuff too, right? Yeah. You can every job has like a, a yeah, yeah. Every job has a unique passive. Also, you can level up and because the and the poison or whatever that yeah. was the big one yeah. to add yeah. it was so nice. to Have a dot ability. <laughs> yeah. I, I imagine that like. As you kind of balloon in available jobs, mm-hmm. does it ever get to be a problem, like, switching? Like, or do you feel like you're always able to quickly get exactly what you want when you need to get it? Yeah, you have, like, a quick swap, like a almost like a weapon wheel of your jobs. You can just swip, swap to on mm-hmm. the fly really easily. Does it do, like, the, the slowdown thing? No, okay. it doesn't. It's Yeah, you got to do it all in real time. Yeah. But you can also... F- Self filter by like deactivating some of them right from mm-hmm. the wheel. So like, so, yeah. yeah, if you don't want to have too many oh, on there, I believe I might concept. be wrong. I think so, but yes. But even then, it's like it, it's not it's not that hard to do. It, like mm-hmm. again, it's one part that they like, do it early enough that like they get used. To, like you have like three available. It's like learn to switch between these three because mm-hmm. this is going to be an essential thing. Gotcha. And it's it's like there are definitely down mo- the moments of downtime where you can see a he- you always can kind of see ahead a little bit mm-hmm. so you can kind of prepare mm-hmm. like if yeah. you're walking as far as i know like when uh, you've played way more i don't know mm-hmm. how many situations where like it forces you in and like you got to react on the fly now like you yeah. you yeah well the thing about that is like a lot of these dungeons you go into they show you what type of attacks you're going to need to break in the dungeon gotcha. before you go in so you can be like oh i'm going to prepare this mm-hmm. build to help me get through this specifically, where you're not so much caught off guard all the time. Okay. And the dungeon's all randomized, right? And yeah, the layout yeah. is randomized. Yeah. Um. So you have you have like all of these specific quests for each job. Does mm-hmm. it ever kind of like accelerate to a point where it's like, okay, doing this task is not fun. It's it's just kind of annoying. Like, do they do mm-hmm. they get so demanding or They're like never specialized? Like super demanding. Some of them you have to like kind of think about. I like some of them later, like the later on ones. Sometimes you think about more and like really dive into your knowledge of your abilities. Like, how am I going to get this kind of thing? Like, one of them is summon like 20 familiars with some guy. I'm like, how the hell am I going to do that? I don't even have the mana to do that. But then one of the other classes had this ability where if you run out of mana, it would start taking your health away, but allow you to cast stuff. So I was like, mm. oh, well, if I put that on, then I can do that. Stuff like That's that later cool. on. That's cool. And that there's stuff like that for like side quests in the world too, mm. where you're really test of your knowledge but the the side quests don't give you stars do they uh i think they do yes oh, okay. and they get they're just like yeah because the side quests are part of your quests i'm like you unlock quests for like the knights or the mages or stuff like that and you okay. do those and it gives you xp through that too okay like I most pretty much everything gives you stars when you go through them um, and Brad, you said you played through all of it, but roughly how long is it? Well, I I leveled like everything up to the max. Gotcha. And I spent like twenty five hours, I think. Oh, everything up to the max in only twenty five hours. That sounds pretty yeah. sweet. Yeah, I'm interested in this. Yeah, it's really cool. It's uh, it's PC and Xbox only right now, but it's, it's on Game Pass. Game. So. Oh, it's on Game Pass. Yeah, it's a great. Whoa! Yeah, it's really good. Is so. it on PC Game Pass? I don't know. <laughs> I'm not sure. Probably. But it's really good. Yeah. Because. Trying to save money and like, yeah. If you got you it, just, you just like put it. Yeah. Oh my god, that's so nice. Yeah. It's really great, Graham. Oh. I hope more people get a chance to play it. I feel like Game Pass is just like that little like that little something extra. Once in a know? while, there's like a really sick Game Pass game. Yeah. Where you're like, oh, nice. This sounds perfect. 
it's for me it's like always like little weird indie games i'm like oh nice yeah. this is on here yeah like that sick. uh d lit and wonder labyrinth game yeah the record of lotus war oh game yeah was there. it's oh it, that's it, on game... it, was, it oh, was on there it's not that's anymore. where i played it i was like okay. oh sick yeah i think i looked up the price for that after you guys were talking about yeah. it and i was like ah 25 dollars. i don't know yeah i just the reason i say this is i just have no time i'm, I'm yeah, yeah already... of course uh, but we're going to have to make time for uh, the sizzle right now. And, uh, you know, how, the the day we're recording this, Sony bought Bungie. Like, yeah. how is that not at the forefront sizzle. Of, of our mind? We're not talking about that specifically. Mm-hmm. Um, just in your opinion, what will the next major video game studio acquisition be? If you had major. to throw, if you had to throw it out there, I don't know. Me and Dominic were talking about this earlier today, and it's like Dominic like convinced me, man. It's gonna be like Capcom or Square Enix. Yeah, I, 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 because they don't have as much attachment. Like when you, I feel like a Japanese acquisition would be a big deal mm-hmm. for for Microsoft, Sony, Sony because there's been you know unfairly or not they moved away from japan studio team is kind of like stepped in a little bit but like right they've been more of like a, they've been globalizing so they don't need to really rely so much on that but like getting a huge japanese studio like a capcom or square enix yeah. would be like a big boon to them mm-hmm. and especially the microsoft which has been trying to expand its presence into and increasingly into markets especially trying to do well just in japan and in other parts of asia it would be a big get for them. Whereas, like, Sega, everyone's like, oh, Sega would be easy buy, but they're part of Sega Sammy. That's a big conglomerate. Mm-hmm. Same with Bandai Namco. They're part of a huge conglomerate. Konami also is a little bit of, like, a, a difficult wheelhouse. It's, it usually comes down to Square Enix, Capcom, uh, Koei Tecmo gets tossed out a little bit because it might be a little bit easier. Um, but Capcom, I think, would be a huge boon because of those franchises. Oh, absolutely. Because Monster Hunter would just be, like, gargantuan yeah. for either of them to get. Yeah. Microsoft would love to put that something on like Game Pass as well and have like that, 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 that just a big flagship for them. Capcom is one of those things where it's like any one of your tentpole franchises would be gigantic. The fact that it would mm. be all of them, all of them is, is huge, staggering. But then on the other side, Sony seems to be pretty invested with the fighting game part of Capcom right. with Capcom Cup. So may they already have a foot in the door there with that, and they're looking to maybe bring the whole thing over. But it's like they're gonna have a foot is... in the door with Square too. All these exclusive RPGs on PlayStation only. Can you can you imagine <sighs> a, a one console exclusively having Final Fantasy? Oh, that would be wild. It would be wild. Um, we're gonna get into this in the Hotake, but it is relevant to this discussion where Sony is like, yeah, more stuff is coming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so we'll it's, see. Buckle up. Yeah. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. I think, you know what, Damiani? I did not have an answer to this question, but I do think Capcom, the way that you're presenting it, makes a lot of sense. I know. That's what I was saying. Yeah. I Even more so than Square Enix to me, for some reason, I think I think Capcom I think makes a lot of Capcom sense. I think Capcom maybe is the, of all of them, Capcom seems like the most straightforward purchase with the least amount of like hurdles to overcome. Because hmm. even Square Enix has some other ties um we we're talking other about things. a little bit but like into other media mm-hmm. uh, things they're part of like, some other committee so there might be some more you know navigation mm. like legal navigation has to, to be done there whereas oops. i think capcom is pretty just just their self their game company yeah. like they they right. they come as a full package and no kind of no strings attached dragon's dogma 2 there you go that's why you <laughs> want this to happen 
because you'll get Dragon's. This will, this will be how Dragon's. I Dogma think you'll get happen. Dragon's Dogma too. Oh yeah, it's coming. Regardless, but are you sure? Those G Force. Those take Nvidia that leaks were real. <laughs> <laughs> well, what else is he doing? Devil May Cry again? Because the Sony gets a bit, like they're so good with, no, with I think Marvel. They get you get your Marvel vs. Capcom. Oh please. Imagine if the new Marvel vs. Capcom somehow looks worse than it. (laughs) (laughs) Like it would almost be worth it for the the, just the sheer hilarity. Switch only. Yeah. But it has every character everyone There's, ever it's, wanted. Every, it just yeah. looks bad. It's got it's got like eight it's different Pokemon. Wolverines. It's Pokemon yeah. Legends. It's Pokemon it's like, Legends. It's what you wanted, but Marvel vs. Capcom Legends. <laughs> oh my god! But I, I was just thinking, Dummy, and what was making me laugh is like people were so salty that that Street Fighter was only Sony and, and PC. Like, imagine if that were to happen again. Yeah, I. Yeah, but Sony seems. I don't know how much we want to talk about this, but like, I feel yeah. like Sony might be more open to allowing some of it to be much more multiplayer. We will get I, into this with the bunch sure, of stuff. Sure, I'll, yeah, 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 yeah. I'll hold that off. Yep, yeah, yeah. Yep. No, that's a that's a big uh, point of the discussion. Uh, fun. Yeah, Damian, I think you make a strong case. Uh, this sizzle is brought to you by some wonderful shout out to your patrons. If you want to find out more and be shout out on all of our various podcasts, go to patreoncom allies for this one. In honor of the, the the Destiny buy, I thought, give me your best Destiny voice when you do the shout-out after, after I read the names, whatever you interpret that to be. Okay. I think of Lord Shax. Um, I don't know who any of the characters are. I know he's the guy six, that actually. He's like the PvP guy that's like, good job, Guardian. Oh, yeah. You yeah. know that guy? That was yeah. a bad Lord Shax, but you get you get the idea. All right. Uh, shout-out to El Thanis, Greg the Dark Knight Kettering, Caleb Togi Crawford, and Nick. Shut out. Shut out. 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 I like that. It's like it's like uh, an enemy from the darkness. Yep. I mean, it was good. Brad, mm. uh, last week you were like, I'm going to bring this game to Frame Trap. And I was like, I don't know what that is. And I like Googled it real quickly. And I'm pretty sure I saw a four out of ten review you for sure it. You sure did. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I sure like, did. Oh, oh, my. Okay. You sure did. Uh, pray for the gods. Yes. What the hell is this? <laughs> uh, pray for the gods is a, a Shadow of the Colossus, like, insanely heavily inspired by Shadow of the Colossus, mixed with a survival game. And I will say, as someone who spent six hours or so with it, it's not four out of ten. At least the version I'm, not, I'm playing, it's not. Okay, it's like, better than that. Okay. okay, I was gonna say it's a lower. No, no. <laughs> it's when, when you than say that. better, do you mean like seven out of ten? Yeah, okay. closer to that. Okay, like I mean, my expectations are super high, but it's these. It's fun. It's got some problems, but okay. I'm having a good time going through it. When you say Shadow of the Colossus mixed with survival, like instinctively, I go. I don't know that I want that. Like, I, I, wor- I, sure. I would worry that they would, like, well, to me, overcomplicate the appeal of Shadow Colossus. Kind of, yes. To me, it's something they kind of added to make it stand out, I guess. Sure. Different. Like, there's survival elements, and they're they're fine. They're pretty basic, I guess, mm-hmm. you know. You, well, the whole game takes place in, like, a frozen wasteland, essentially. So, the world is, like, pretty much very empty for, like, Shadow of the Colossus. There's actually, like, guys you can kind of fight, though. Okay. Like, you have a sword, but you don't stab Colossus with or anything like that. Okay. You, like, fight undead, some undead dudes, or, like, there are some weird wraiths. That's about it. The combat's, like, pretty clunky, pretty PS2, like, okay. the whole thing, but it's, it's fine. You know, you get through it, but you need... You're in this cold weather, 
and there's like storms that occasionally come. You need to stay warm, so you could find new gear in these like main, these shrine esque areas, Damiani. They're they're I went into these as like, oh, are these trying to be shrines? They're like very <laughs> nowhere close near the level of a shrine or anything like that, though. But they're just like little puzzles. They're fine. Okay. You get a new piece of gear to maybe like uh, give you some more cold resist, and you upgrade these pieces of gear you find by like killing some animals, getting their pelts, or chopping down trees and getting wood and stuff like that. And you upgrade these, so eventually you can go to further out into the world where it's like colder and stuff like that. So it has like. That typical, I think of like Subnautica, where you like build to slowly get to this area, and it's like that in this mm. game, but it's very minimal. It's very like okay, very small, you know. Okay. And depending on the difficulty you play on, these are more impactful. I see. So I'm playing on hard, which is the second hardest difficulty. So, okay. like if I get too cold, my character will start to die. But and if I eat food, I'm like full. My stamina will regen regen faster. And same with like sleeping and resting. Like all that helps my stamina get up. Gotcha. But if you play on easier, like none of that really matters. You can. Just can you change on the fly? Uh, I don't know actually. If okay. you can. I haven't tried that. Um, so I, I assume that that there are like colossi. That there are colossi in the world. Yes. Okay. But you don't have a mount or anything like that. Oh. You don't have like sweet aggros. Yeah. You you have like a, a glider. You know. Your Zelda paraglider, you got okay. that kind of thing, but... Does everything have durability? Your weapons do. Okay. Not your armor. Okay. Like, your weapons, there's, like, torches, like, bows and stuff like that, and they break over time, but I've found a bunch where I'm, like, not really worried about them. You could repair okay. them if you find okay. stuff like that, but I'm never, like... I always find something to just use, especially because you don't have to use them on bosses, really. There's many bosses I found out in the world. There's some, like... Freakio, freako, like wizard guy, <laughs> killed me because like I would kill him in the the fight, but he has like this cold aura, and I couldn't withstand all the cold. Oh, okay. So I was like, oh, I need to upgrade a little more to fight this guy. Cool, but yeah. It, when when you actually get to the big things that you're you're the taking closet, down, yeah. like are, are those? Is that pretty momentous? Like, are the mechanics cool? They're okay. Like I. Obviously, compared to Shadow of the Colossus, which mm-hmm. is, like, the best. and tonight, Like, the first one you encountered, Dominique, is straight up, like, so much the first uh, Colossi I thought of from Shadow of the Colossus. Like, so much. Do they have as much, like, kind of puzzle solving involved for how to take there's them like down? There's, like, puzzles. Yeah. I don't think they're as good, but okay. there's, like, puzzle elements. Like, one of them was, one of the early ones is, like, a bowl kind of one, and I had to, like, lure him into a wall to, like, run into it and him to fall over me, get on him and stuff like that. Or there's, like, a... One that's kind of like flying around. You have to like raise vents that blow air up for you to fly up to it. Stuff like that. There's like involved and it's really fun. Like it has a nice sense of scale, which you would want. Like one of them I saw like flying over really far away. And I was like, oh, that's really sick. But they're not as good as Shadow Colossus, but it's still fun. So you can see them from Some afar them. then because like Shadow of the Colossus was very guarded about where you yeah. could see them from. It was about it was all about that Re- reveal. Like a few. Okay. There's like one or two you could see, but okay. that's about it. Most of them are like some of them are like in a cave or something like that. So yeah. yeah. And there's like a shrine kind of thing. It's it's so shallow glosses, dude. There's like a made up language and everything. <laughs> is, there, is there a maiden? No. There's okay. no maiden. There's no okay. maiden. There's like a weird wolf thing. Okay. <laughs> but uh it's so funny. You like go out in the world, you have like a map, you have to find like map things to reveal the map to you, which is like cool and also kind of annoying because I didn't know where all of them were. Because like some spots of the map might just be blank, you're like, all right, well, cool, wander around for a bit. Yeah, you do, <laughs> but it's like wander around, like, uh, better, better be ready to go out in there and deal with the elements or whatever you find. Uh, Shadow of the Colossus, 
renowned for many things, but I think I think one of the things is is how it tells its story mm-hmm. uh, and how sparse a lot of that story is. is. Is this more direct in its storytelling? So or? the story is like mostly done through notes so far that I found. I haven't beaten the game yet, so maybe okay. there's some huge thing, but like you find like people have come to this land essentially and like everyone's dead except you. Like you arrive and everyone's already dead. Gotcha. Some land of the gods very Shallow Colossus again, kind of thing like that. Forbidden land almost, and you just find notes of like people trying to figure out what's going on. Man, having to piece together a story just from reading notes does not sound Yeah, it, but super the story is like so far it's it's not so much like main plot line mm-hmm. right now. It's more like this individual person just doing like what they're dealing with gotcha. kind of thing. Right does, now. does the Diary. is the person that you're playing do they do they speak? Do they talk? Made up language. Oh barely okay. though. Like Okay. Yeah, like you're very solo isolated throughout this game. Like you're not talking to anyone really. Gotcha. When I think of Shadow of the Colossus, I know the answer mm-hmm. is going to be not quite but, uh, the the soundtrack of this game. Oh, like, this, I think it, it's it's okay. Like yeah. it's only when you're at the Colossi. Essentially, when you find okay. a Colossus, it's only then. Usually, it's just very quiet. The game. Dude, yeah, dude, so they go for a lot of like more of environmental. Yeah, it's sound very design. quiet. Okay. There's like animals running around, stuff like that, but there's no like music playing. Is, most is of there the any time. kind of platforming like yeah. like grappling? There's, okay, okay, there's okay. jump. You have a grappling hook yeah. that it works more like a hook shot from okay. like Zelda, where you like shoot on stuff. You can't do it on everything, but a lot of things you can. And there's a lot of jumping and stuff like that. It feels like Shadow of the Colossus when you move, like physics wise, like especially when I jump. When you like jump and get like in your air for a little bit, it very it really reminded me of Shadow Colossus. So is there, feeling. Is, is there an on screen grip meter or something that? Yeah, you have a grip meter. Okay, yeah, okay, okay. you have a grip meter. You can like it wears down, but you can raise it up by finding these like golden like skull things throughout the world. You can either give yourself more stamina or more health. The Breath of the Wild kind of thing yeah. like that. So I always do stamina though because seems important. You want it in those yeah. games. If if I see somebody slap a four at a ten at a, at a glance, I would assume that there's like technical problems so i watched that review today because okay. i was curious so i was like oh i wonder what this game got and i saw i was getting these like it got like a four i was like oh my god i watched the review it seemed like they had much more technical issues than i did okay where they're having are like, you playing on pc i'm playing on ps5 right now okay. but gotcha. it, it's maybe it's been patched or something like sure. i haven't run into anything that's like broken the game where i felt like was super annoying or anything like like noticeable and consistent frame rate problems anything like that no not really okay so it's been like pretty. It's been a good time over. It, it's thirty bucks. So that might be expensive for most people. Yeah. For me, as someone who loves Shadow Claws, is like, oh yeah, I'll definitely try it out. Yeah. The the way that you're describing it, not to go back to this chestnut, but it feels like the perfect Game Pass game. Where it's like, I don't know that sure. that, that it because you're like, yeah, it's 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 cool. It's better than I thought it was going to be. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't know if it's like something where it's like oh, I'm ready to yeah. drop. 30 I don't know bucks. if I could be like, yo, you gotta spend thirty bucks now. On but this if game. I could just download it and check it out, game sure, pass, yeah, it'd be perfect. Like yeah. I would recommend it for maybe Damiani if he was curious because I know you love Shadow yeah. Colossus. But like yeah, I'd be like, yo, it's not Shadow the Colossus. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's not. But uh, I'm having a good time. I'm gonna finish it. Oh, nice. So cool. There's that. Yeah. Uh, Damiani, you're bringing a game that I think I brought last time, and unfortunately. Just have not had any space to put any more time into, but I really liked it, and I'm curious to get your thoughts on Death's Door, uh, one that Brad is also waiting to Yeah, uh, I know Brad reviewed it. Um, Huber also was constantly like <laughs> nudging me to play this game because he was convinced yeah. it was a, a Damiani game. And I can I, see that. I understand I, see I understand that. why. It, yeah. it, it's, it's... Camera angle. Yeah, I mean... Uh, Karen goes definitely not to my liking, <laughs> but I will give it in its defense. 
it does have those moments where it was hiding a secret and it shifts that camera. Mm -hmm. So I appreciate when an isometric camera angle does have that mechanic in it. Um, but playing it on a small screen, so I played this on Switch, uh, my Switch OLED, and uh, there early on there were some. I didn't even know it was on Switch. There were some yep. navigation parts across ledges and stuff where small screen it would fall off, small and I'm like, I think yeah, but big screen yeah. problems really not that. Because it does a, zoom out, ex yeah, and you're very it's small. It's not that big of a deal, honestly. And and like after like I think the second hour, I'm like I don't even care about like it's not even really affecting me anymore. Mm -hmm. um, it's it's a pretty good game. Um, I, I really like its structure. Um, I, I, it's not terribly difficult. Nope. I think it's it's a good intermediate game. Like mm -hmm. if you feel like you're intimidated by like a Dark Souls type game where you don't want to go headfirst into that level of resistance, this is a nice incremental step up. Like if you're used to like a Zelda game or mm -hmm. like you come off like a, like easier like style Nintendo games, adventure action games, baby games. This is a little bit more. Just kidding. Like this is the difficulty <laughs> where like Zelda probably should be. I mean, Breath of the Wild was a good difficulty, but yep. Like traditional Zelda games, it'd be nice if they had this much resistance, especially in the boss fights. I was gonna say, I, I feel like Breath of the Wild was pretty good yeah, in terms yeah, of yeah, that's yeah, what, yeah, 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 but that's yeah, like yeah. a three D open world. Sure, like, but like, 2D, like ones. Yeah. 2D Zeldas, it could really benefit from having, especially boss encounters um, that that push back a little bit more like this, and also the concept of like, yeah, like health isn't just freely available. Like hero mm -hmm. modes in Zelda games are probably the way you should go, where it's harder to heal up at times, mm -hmm. so you actually fear remedial encounters sometimes when you walk a little too. This game's the magic of this game is progressing further into the unknown and like pushing your luck before you go and you don't so you, before you get like you killed but then you realize death is not really that big of a deal in this game you know it's mm -hmm. called death's door mm -hmm. you don't lose your souls you don't lose any currency you literally just go back to a checkpoint and you just gotta like you get to try again mm -hmm. everything responds but that's yeah. so low stakes to me but I, I that's why I say it's a good incremental step up in difficulty if you don't if you don't want to feel that frustration that hair ripping frustration I lost everything what the hell I'm mm -hmm. done with this game it's like no like let's get you like used to this and maybe this is a gateway to more difficult games interesting because I I don't think I, I played enough of it to really get a, a good sense of the difficulty but it's something that that you've commented on and Huber's commented on. Um, do you think that maybe if you did lose your souls, that that like that that would make for a, a better, more more? Uh, I don't think it'd really add anything. Because this game is, it's not so immediate when you, how you cash them in. Like I feel like in Souls at a bonfire, mm -hmm. almost every outing you go, you come back, you're cashing, you're getting progress. Mm -hmm. This it might. The, the even the lowest cost. You have four categories you can upgrade, like your your speed, your basic attack, your your special abilities and then like uh, how yeah your range says how fast you like attack. Mm -hmm. um, they take a little bit longer to actually upgrade. No matter mm -hmm. like uh, so, it's fewer and far between. So mm -hmm. if you lost your souls for that, it would be like man, I didn't like you go so long without ever getting an upgrade. I think people might get a little bit. It would be more detrimental in this yeah. type of game. Like upgrade, they'd have to have more steps of the upgrades, and they'd have to be cheaper at each step, so that you feel like. Each time you reach a new door for a checkpoint, mm -hmm. it's like, I get to cash in now. This feels like I earned something. Because every time you get into a checkpoint, I'm like, I didn't feel the need to keep going back. I'm like, I want to do a whole segment of the world, mm -hmm. and then I'll go back and see if I have enough. It, it's more about that, I mm -hmm. feel like. This game, it, it's interesting how it handles itself because 
the tone of this game, it's doing something very unique with this, like kind of like you're a reaper of the afterlife and, and your goal is to reap souls. And like the mystery is that like, oh, the soul you're supposed to reap vanished and now you're uncovering this mystery about the the, the lords. These lords of doors have apparently like, you know, they, they keep succeeding each other and there's you learn the, the lore of the world the more you discover each story behind each of the different like descendants of the lords which was really cool as well as like this kind of like bittersweet narrative about mm -hmm. each of the three major regions once you get to the crux of the story it's like oh you need to go to the witch's house you need to go to this like the swamp with this frog guy uh, uh then the mountains, the mountains. and yeah. like you find out that each of these not like it's old, it's a story about we're not really evil. We were just like doing what we thought was right. Plus, the the, the try and tackle immortality. This game is about like the cheating death and what the cost is if you try and obtain immortality. That sometimes you just go too far, and if you live too long, sometimes you don't realize people bound by mortality they put more value on different things they, they have different values and you lose those values which is like kind of like what the game's trying to get at in the end is like that's the trade-off like death is trying to tell you that like this is i wish people would understand the death's not so bad it's like mm. it's something that needs to happen and people are so scared of it so like i like this narrative storytelling yeah it is done in a more traditional sense but you could seek out optional stuff to get a little bit more uh of the gaps filled in but man like the gameplay how it evolves in this i think is like the best part about this game that was the, the next thing that i was going to ask is as somebody who's so familiar with Zelda, I mean, when it came to, like, the design of the areas and working through them and the puzzles that you had to solve and, and how combat mechanics evolved, like, it seems like you were pretty into that based yeah. on your enthusiasm. Yeah, I wouldn't say this game has a very great puzzles at all it's not yeah. really a puzzle game right. it's more about getting through the environmental it's environmental traversal mixed with like surviving enemy setups um and using those new abilities you get because mm -hmm. you can use one of five but really four different types of weapons that you can unlock like a sword you eventually get like a hammer um and they each have different like unique abilities like whether they're fast or slower but on top of that you have like your kind of like items like is this it something items. that you have access to like on the fly or do you have to equip like i want the so you, you can i believe you just go into the menu that change those yeah, out so. any of those out yeah. whatsoever okay. uh, yeah but it's just earning them like they feel like a reward to get and none of them are necessary. Like none of them like right. are required to beat the game. It's just if you want them, that gives you maybe a little bit different of a, a fighting style if you prefer that. Um, but it, it, the, the the real crux of it is the. I think uh, I got the daggers. Yeah, yeah. The daggers yeah. is like because you want speed. You yeah. want to get in there, which is good because what I'm get the point I'm trying to get to here is how the system's kind of like gameplay loop is. By attacking, you have like your normal health, but you have these like white orb that can be spent to use your special abilities. Where it's like a. A grappling hook thing you get at the end, you can shoot it like an arrow, and then you get like an explosive bomb that you could toss. Each one of those costs a set amount of those, and the only way to replenish that is to either hit destructible items in the overworld or in a boss fight be on the offensive. If you just sit back, they're not just going to recharge. you you got to get in there and attack, but at the same time, you also got to learn to deal with the enemy patterns. And I think it gives you – it's very fair – I think it's one of the most fair systems because on some of these, I was able to do to, uh, clear a boss on my first attempt, but like playing it safe to learn the patterns and then going in. But later ones felt challenging enough where I was losing, but I felt like I was always making progress. So it's really good in doing that. And once you see the patterns and you go in and attack, like it's like, can I get one more attack in? Because then I get this. 
And then maybe I can stay back, like when they're doing another attack, I stay back range and fire some arrows at it, do some damage from there, then get back in. And each one of those can be powered up too through optional side quests. Like one of the coolest things is the, the, the was it the hookshot one mm -hmm. where like you, you can use it and it does a dash attack oh, through the right. enemy. Yeah. So like if you want to get really good with your maneuverability, you upgrade that one, you just like you you gap close on a boss, you go through them, you can use it during an attack for iframe, so you go through their attack, get behind them. It's it's kind of brilliant how it does it. It's simple, but like yeah. how well it's executed is really nice. And it's fun to go from getting annihilated in some of these boss fights, like the the one in the mountains. I won't say which one hmm. it was, but like that one just like first fight, first attempt just wrecked me. I'm like, holy crap, we got a lot going on here. And the timing gets a little bit more precise with the the dodging, because you can you can dodge, but you can't just spam it. You gotta be very specific. And it feels like it leads to that, because that's one of the last you have to do these in a specific order. Mm. It's not like optional, like I can go anywhere I want. You could try, but you need these items you get uh, to progress yeah, like through an area. Basically, the, the, the loop is go to a certain area, you go to a dungeon, you beat that dungeon, you beat the first part of that dungeon to go to these avarice chests, which are kind of like a, a trial, an enemy trial. And once you clear that, you get like your first item ability, like a bomb or an arrow. Then there's a deeper layer of the dungeon that then utilizes that item a little bit. And then Very you, fight, like, and you mm -hmm. fight a real boss. It's just like take away the puzzle element. Mm -hmm. it, there's not like heavy puzzles. Yeah. Um, are these optional? I mean, it sounds like you want to do these optional things if it if it's giving you something mm -hmm. so useful. Is that tied into like a true ending yes. at all? Oh yeah. Okay. Um, I I gotta say this. Like, there, there's a post game where you you do something and the world changes in a very mm -hmm. shallow, superficial way. But uh, there's a whole bunch of new stuff to figure out and do. Mm -hmm. okay. And by doing that, you can lead yourself to something that's optional that gives you an additional insight ending, perhaps. Okay. So there's more to strive for yep. after that, which is really nice. Mm -hmm. That store is such a cool game. And, and there's I plenty of secrets. It. And the, the game does a good job of secrets. There's hidden paths all over the place that lead yeah. to either a lot of bonus souls or uh, the items to upgrade your health or you increase your orb count. Because you start with four. You can get like six, I believe. Six health bars, six of that. There are the seeds you can get, which you can place at uh, or at these pots that will regenerate health after a while. And you can strategically use them at the beginning. But later on, like you'll want them everywhere. And then, of course, like just like getting a huge bank of souls just like by going off the beaten path and like where's this going oh whoa i didn't know you can go over here and then you end up with like a thousand bonus souls like yeah i'm going to cash in now nice. and getting that, that new ability and the soundtrack mm. like soundtrack's really great um and some of those again this is not even like the contents of the mechanics of boss fight the presentation mm -hmm. of some of these boss fights is really good the presentation overall i mean i just, yeah. it just has such a yep. such a striking style yeah like your office your headquarters mm -hmm. are like beetlejuice like noir esque like yeah. afterlife yeah, the, places the so cool yeah. yeah yeah awesome i i loved i i feel like the way that I was talking about it when I brought Death Store, I had like this kind of like bubbliness and enthusiasm, and I feel like you feel the same way. We're like, <laughs> what a neat little mm -hmm. yeah. gem of a game. Um, in preparation for Dying Light 2, uh, I played through Dying Light the following, uh, which is like the major expansion. DLC, major expansion, oh, okay. not for Dying Light. Um, and it wasn't. It's it's interesting. It's definitely not what I expected it to be. So really, like the entire DLC, 
revolves around this buggy, this this car that you have. Mm-hmm. So rather than just running around and parkouring from place to place, um, you are driving on this buggy. You know, you're you're driving on roads. You're cutting off into wooded areas and all this stuff. And the the buggy is kind of like an extension of all the other mechanics in the game. So like the buggy has all these parts that will take damage and you can repair them and you have to upgrade and it needs fuel, right? And so it's playing into the survival side of it. And I do have to say, particularly I feel like after you get Nitro, just (laughs) like ramming through like a, a horde of zombies with a car, it just feels good. It's fun to do. Going off ramps. It's it's like a classic video game thing that 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 just never gets Dude, old. Dude, Dead Rising, where you get the car in the first game. Oh. You just run over yep. all those Oh, in the tunnel? <laughs> yeah. So oh, satisfying. Man. I don't know if I did that or if I saw somebody do that, but I know what you're talking about. Because that's like the tunnel where you mm-hmm. would, people would go and grind out the achievement. Um, but yeah, so it, it all centers around this, this buggy, I feel like, and it's kind of cool. I like how they, they structure the roads where like, you'll have a road and it, it's a lot of like winding where it's like, very rarely is it just like, okay, my objective is here. Mm-hmm. I go straight there. It's like, you're taking very roundabout paths and then like the roads are like littered with cars or there's like something in your way and you have to go around um, and so there's there's plenty of obstacles to contend with that kind of make it somewhat challenging. Like it's very easy to run into like fire or like acid and, and take damage. Mm-hmm. Um, but it kind of got to the, this point where like the area that you're exploring, you're in this countryside and it's like so big and it doesn't take long for you to get an objective and you just, it's like, you're like, Jesus, like, all the way over there. <laughs> and it's just like, by, it, by because you, you don't fast travel. Mm-hmm. And so you're like, okay, I'm going to go all the way over there. And then I need to go all the way back. And I just, I got really tired mm-hmm. of driving back and forth. It got to a point where I learned where I was like, wait, if I quit my game and reload, it might just put me at a place that's closer to my objective. Oh, so it was nice. like, yeah. it was like, like. Speed kind of uh, yeah, like bootleg uh, fast travel, which was nice. So that that came <laughs> in handy. But I also think like while the car does like a good job, I think of of um, kind of highlighting the the survival aspect of Dying Light. And it's interesting, like you're like, oh, I need gas, and you get out, and you're searching other cars for gas, mm-hmm. and you get attacked by other zombies, and so you put yourself at risk. I think all that stuff is good. Like really, the running and jumping, and like climbing yeah, all movement. over things is so essential to dying light that I just don't think felt weird without it. Yeah. The car doesn't mm. really capture it. It just doesn't feel as special. I think it sure. feels like more of a generic open world game hmm. uh, as a result. And so it's not, it's not something that I feel like is, is essential to what makes yeah. Gi- dying light uh, special. Yeah. Um, the other thing that is interesting is the structure of this game and I do kind of appreciate it from like a, a context perspective. So you're looking for a cure. You go to this countryside. There's this weird cult. And apparently they have a cure for uh, the zombie disease because they have this this mist. And mm-hmm. if you're in the mist with the zombies, the zombies won't attack you. And so you're like, what's going on here? And the way that you progress through the story is as you do quests and and tasks 
you'll get basically like rep oh, okay. uh, for this group. Yeah. And then as you go through the levels of it, they're like, okay, we trust you more. We're going to tell you a little bit more. We're going to br- slowly bring you into our ranks. And I love that because it's like, yeah, of course these guys aren't going to trust an answer. Of course they're not going to tell them all their secrets. Mm-hmm. Like you really got to earn it. Um, and so I do appreciate that. And I feel like there's so much to do. There's so many quests. There's so many tasks that like you kind of have free reign to be like, yeah, I feel like doing this thing or that thing. And so you can, you feel like you're kind of really charting your own path through the main story, Mm -hmm. which is pretty cool. I do like that. And I feel like it doesn't take that long to go up uh, a level. I feel like this, this DLC playing it from beginning to end took me like 10 hours or something like that. So it, it was like, it it felt meaty, but not overly long. long. Yeah, I, I didn't feel like I was like good length, yeah. grinding it out too much. Um, are you also so there are these like volatile nests that you can go in, and volatiles are like some of the most dangerous enemies that you can run into. They're extremely fast, and I went into this nest and I only did one of them, uh, and it was very hard, and I was like holy shit, like, there's so many of these things. Like, how am I going to take them out? And it was in this cavern, and there were these really tall ledges. And I figured out that, like, if you go and you aggro them, and then you run back to the entrance, they'll fall down the ledges and kill themselves. (laughs) And so I wouldn't actually sit there and, like, waste ammo and health packs. Mm -hmm. I would do this cheese strat of aggroing them and then bringing them up to the front. And I'm like, this is so... Open world video gaming yep. in the best and dumbest way, yep. and I had like a blast. It awesome. was great. Had a good time. Love <laughs> uh, when that kind of improvisation mm-hmm. can come in, um, and it was fun. What I don't like, as I because it's it's continuing the story of Dying Light One, and Dying Light One kind of I feel like ended open open ended. I actually mm-hmm. rewatched the ending on YouTube before talking about this, uh, and. I was like, okay, the following is going to, like, wrap things up a little bit more. And it super doesn't. Oh. Like, like <laughs> it, it feels so separate from – because you, you're in a totally different place dealing with a totally different group of people. It doesn't feel connected at all, really, to what you were doing in Haran and Dying Light 1. And I got to the end, and you make a choice at the end. And I made a choice – and the outcome was horrible. No. And I was like, <laughs> what? And then I looked up online. I was like, what? what's the other thing that can happen? Oh. And I was like, oh, that's equally horrible. And I oh, went back, I went back and did it. And like, I'm a little bit annoyed that it, that it feels so separate and the ending feels extremely abrupt. But I also was like, I kind of respect, like, I'm not going to spoil it, obviously, but... There are two things that can happen, and both of them are like awful. Like you, it's like there, there is no, there is no happy ending here. Oh, it's shit. like black as as hell, like super dark, um, and kind of. There's one where, yeah, it. <laughs> I'm I'm amazed because I feel like video games so rarely like end on a on a bad note or end mm. on such like a hopeless note and i was amazed that both endings were were equally yeah. wow. equally grim yeah i mean it's probably 
benefit of having a standalone thing like that because yeah. if it was going to connect more, they probably wouldn't have been that bold, I would mm. guess. Just because that's the limits of games, like with design paths. Yeah. Like, you, like, why well, would Dying you Light like... 2 takes place so much later, so yeah. Okay, yeah. Well, mm. I'm doing a time. I didn't know that, but yeah, like that yeah. could have benefited from it, but. That's why sometimes like I get optimistic about like standalone like sequels because they have like more freedom. They're not beholden to the established stuff. And some of the best things generally I've seen have been when they're afforded that creative freedom, mm. where they're there they don't have to work within those confines anymore. So so then sometimes what what it takes. But like I also understand the flip side. It's like you put all this time in and it's billed as like an additional thing, and like it doesn't lead to a payoff that yeah. does that. And it's like. I know it sounded like it was like worth your time though, like for to see like a good like an ending that either yeah. way like subverted your expectations. It definitely, God, those endings. I want to tell you guys what they were <laughs> so bad because it's off cam. It's wild, but yeah, it 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 did the thing that I think I kind of appreciate, where like the structure and the buggy were felt kind of experimental, and it's like okay, you didn't just make more dynamite. Like, you really added a, a twist to it here. I, do I necessarily think it's, like, amazing? No, but it's it's kind of an interesting little yeah, thing. You admire the change in the, the edition. What, what felt very artificial, though, so, like, <clears throat> going into the following, like, at this point, you already have firearms. Um, and firearms, I've already talked about, like, completely trivialize the game, and they make, like basic things like not threatening at all. And I feel like the way the following tries to correct this is like you'll be driving on the road and like anytime you need to stop and get gas, you'll get like a swarm of fast moving zombies collapsing on you or they'll like place things that make noise to have a swarm collapse on you Mm. in a way where it's like you're going to hit them, you're going to alert them. And so... It just it just gets to a point where like every time you stop, it's like okay, I got to clear out a swarm, <laughs> mm. and it it doesn't feel like you're necessarily really doing anything wrong. It just feels like they're trying to offer some pushback, but yeah. it, it's not handled the best. Uh, but it's time for the Hotake, uh, and we're talking about Bungie and Sony. I know we already did a breaking news on this, but how do, how do how do like on the day that this drops? How is this not the Hotake? Mm, right. Yeah. Um, so Sony bought Bungie, but there's a bunch of interesting stuff, uh, and this information is coming from IGN, who got it from GameIndustry.biz, GamesIndustry.biz. Um, so just a qu- few quick things before we get into this conversation. Sony bought Bungie for 3.6 billion. Uh, Jim Ryan says we should expect more acquisitions. Um, and that PlayStation wants to grow beyond the historic console heartland. Um, Bungie is currently working on more than just Destiny. We don't know what exactly, but there are other projects in the works. Um, and Bungie is going to help PlayStation make live service multi-platform games. Um, Sony has been pushing into the movie and TV show space. Um, the IGN article brought this up. So you've got the, the Last of Us TV show. Uh, the Ghost of Tsushima movie and Uncharted. Uncharted this month, or February. Uh, it's like, well, what if we got a Destiny movie or TV right. show? That'd be interesting. They had live action ads, didn't they, for Destiny? I think they had live action yeah. ads. I think that's right. Um, so Bungie will be an independent subsidiary, uh, will remain multi-platform. On Bungie's website, they say, hey, the things that we are working on, we still intend for those to be multi-platform. And they've been very... 
very upfront, like we want to remain multi-platform. We want the things that we already have to be able to play wherever you want. Yeah. Um, Bungie can still independently publish and develop games, uh, which I think is interesting. Yeah. Um, and Sony will get Bungie's proprietary tools. I'm not exactly sure what those are, but I imagine it will help them in, say, the live service or multi-platform sure, yeah. space. And so what's really interesting about this deal is, you know, obviously Destiny, Bungie, huge names. PlayStation buys them up for billions of dollars, but it's not like we want Destiny to be exclusive. Right. It's, it's the, the, the language of it is more we want to use Bungie as a partner to grow the foundation of our the business. The PlayStation brand, yeah. And so now that I have all the preamble out of the way, what do you think that this means for PlayStation moving forward, and does that reflect on the wider game industry at all? Maybe um, maybe stuff on other platforms day one. You know, maybe not just your PS5 exclusive and you get it on PC four years later or something like that. Maybe they're going to be... See what Microsoft's doing. They're like, ooh piece of that pc pie too so like right now with with xbox right so you get like day, halo day you'll day. get it you'll get it you can get it on on xbox or pc you know it's believed that sony has an xbox live competitor or yeah. not an xbox live a game, game pass, pass competitor yeah. um, do you see that happening damiani do you see like sony following that strategy of, of pc release simultaneously yeah I mean, I have to imagine that any acquisition, this one and any future ones that Jim Ryan alludes to, are in service of the new, the new focus of when they're saying expanding PlayStation like that. It's not necessarily about moving hardware anymore, about right. moving consoles. It looks like a lot of the indicators are pointing towards the game industry is heading towards subscription service. Yeah, Game Pass. Started the rallying cry for it. It's taken off, and it, Microsoft has committed to it in a major way. Right. Uh, they're in this for the long haul. I think Sony is seeing the writing on the wall, and this isn't. I don't think this is necessarily reactionary. I think they've, on their own, have been making these moves for a while behind the scenes, and um, I think we're going to see a world in the coming decade where. Games are going to be available on as many places as possible because the, it's the subscription. They want to get you to buy into their service. So the more places it can be, the more entry points to that, the right. more customers, the more dollars you get. It's not about – everyone's making it about, the, about console wars with this and like, and, and like this is ramping up that rhetoric. But I'm like, I think – no, I don't think it's anything like that. I, I mean, yeah, that's a knee-jerk reaction, but – these companies don't play like that anymore, and I, right. and I don't see these moves as even being about that anymore. It, it, yes, they, they're businesses; they want to do well, but I think part of it is they see that when every, when one company is doing well, it means others are doing well. And if an acquisition can mean the long term stability of a highly reputable, very successful studio, whereas it was independent, it might succumb to going under. Or the thing uh, I wanted to make a point about as well: this could have also been. Keep it within, like, kind of like the family, like the, the the console, like the the traditional game business. Who's to say this wasn't potentially? They knew who else was bidding on this. What if a Facebook, an Amazon, a Google is in the market to buy these companies, but they are about exclusivity, all about walling these off. That could be bad for the game industry if 
a Bungie or we were theorizing about like Capcom, like what if they were bought by one of these more non-traditional companies yeah. and it takes those that those IPs off the table for PC and console gamers. They're like they're just going to be like mobile or on those own devices. That I see it as like like I see that as bad. Yes, they see dollar signs and it seems seems good to them, but like that could like hamper those studios that they would never be able to recover. Like I would imagine they'd be cut loose down the line when they it doesn't pan out to be as successful. Mm-hmm. And then when they try and get back into the traditional game as it is right now, like things have moved on from them. So like Sony, I think, and Microsoft see that there is value to keeping the best players, the best developers, the best publishers in this field as long as possible, giving it what it, it takes to thrive, but also playing an angle where it's like you doing well is well for us, but we we need to find a way to like wed that in a business sense. And like hardware is the old way. Subscriptions are the new way. And all this, again, this leads back to my first point. It all points towards that. Mm. Yeah. I, I really do think it is, is a, a widening of the market and a, and a, in a way that just was not possible before, because like, if you think of the, the traditional mindset, it was, we need to get people to buy this box. And you couldn't have other ways to to deliver content to people. It was like you buy the disc, you put it in your thing, that's how you get it. That's it. Um, whereas, like, you think of Netflix and you think, like, I would argue that most people probably have some device that that plays Netflix, mm-hmm. right? And so it it is just so widespread on on common everyday devices that that is a reason for you to buy into that market and you think about it from like it's not about making the the core console people go away i think as microsoft has proven there's always going to be an audience that wants a high pc end experience there's always going to be an audience that wants a new faster better console it's not that that's going to continue to exist in exactly or in a similar way that it is already existing it's not that the console business is going away or it's being replaced but it's about creating entirely new markets and and people that like you you just want to give people like less of an excuse in a way where it's like Mm. for a lot of people right imagine you can only afford one console that makes a lot of sense yeah but it's like you might sign up for a service if you're like, well, I could check out these PlayStation games on my phone or my PC or whatever it is. It's like you just created a customer that otherwise would not have existed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're seeing an incentive for it right now with how hard it is to find yeah. PlayStation 5s and Xbox Series exactly. Xs specifically. Um, and, you know, that might have accelerated their thinking that, you know, we're being hamstrung by this. But a lot of this also does depend on, like, the technology as well. And mm. it's starting to get there because some of these devices won't be able to maybe natively play it at, like, the high end that you're, you're talking about on the higher end PC or, or, or console. Whereas, like, this is where I think Microsoft has a little bit of an edge in all of this, not just with Game Pass, but also with their cloud-based service with xCloud. Mm. That's also going to be very important is to get that part of the technology there as well because subscription means I want to be able to play it on anything. And, like, if I – when you think of Netflix, you can watch it on any device you have. Whereas right now with, like, Game Pass, like, I play it on PC and my console, right. but can I play it on my phone just yet? And right. it's like – they need that's where they need to get mm. to. Like it's, it needs to be so ubiquitous. And that, that's what's so interesting about this this purchase is it, it's I feel like it's very clearly signaling the, the the future where you're right. It's like 
the things that we're talking about aren't necessarily happening right now, but it's very <laughs> obvious the direction that things are yeah. going. Yeah. I, I think the other part of this that is interesting is buying Bungie specifically and, and looking at Destiny and leaning on them where it's like Destiny 2, Destiny 2's been around like what? Since 2017, 2018? Yeah, something like that. Um, and then, you know, you also think about Destiny 1. And mm-hmm. so Destiny is this this game that they're constantly bolting things onto their... Mm-hmm. They're making, you know, something that lasts for years. And Sony right now has incredible uh, first-party talent, first-party studios, but a lot of the games that they're making are very condensed yep. games where, you know, you play through them. Single player. Single player. You know, story. there might be DLC down the line, yeah. but, you know, they're 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 open and closed games, right? Yeah. I ha- I, just with this acquisition and the, the language that they're using, I have to imagine that they're looking at either new things or things that they already have, and they're going... How can we make these these huge investments, these super high budget games? How can we make that last longer yeah. and continually? They don't have FPSs either, right? And so Bungie does. So, right. Oh yeah, I could totally see them doing yeah. like their right. own live yeah. service, free to play multiplayer game or something like yeah. that. Definitely, definitely battle royale that. or something. Yeah. 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 I mean, what are they lost? Kill zone, lost, or not lost, but like they're they, not yeah, actively no kill making zone, kill no zone, resistance. resistance. And it's like of who's left out there, the biggest names is like Bungie, and then unless you're gonna buy all VA respawn, yeah, it's like you know, yeah. Activision gone. So yeah. yeah. <laughs> it also worries me though because like while I I see it from that perspective, mm-hmm. I feel like like games that are continuous and constantly have new events and things, I'm. I feel like I'm drowning in the sense like there's so many things that yeah. I want to play that I just can't. Yep. And it's like TV shows. It's too many. It, it's like if you lean into that even more, like how like how many of these things can the market reasonably support? That's that's a very good question. Yeah. And I think none of uh, I don't ask, think enough developers think that through. Yeah, ask Hyperscape. Yeah. Exactly. It's like it's like this this whale they're chasing, and they they, they think it's like worth a worthwhile endeavor, even if it fails. Because like if they hit it, they strike gold. But yeah, there's only so much you can support. Because like there's so there's so much time for everyone. You can't even right. play more than one of these. Like it's struggle to play like two or three mm-hmm. of these. And like, but I, uh, uh, so yes, I do think it's a danger to think that like you're like going to push out multiple of these. Like you got to be cautious about that. However, what I do see is. To your point about not having enough time, there are people who only play like maybe one or two games. Yep. Like, oh yeah. In a yeah. traditional sense, we talk about like people only play Madden or Grand Theft Auto, and like those are the big buys every year. I think as we get old, and it's still gonna be the probably that way with Grand Theft, Auto, Grand Theft Auto Six, but we're seeing other people who that I only play Fortnite. I only play uh, Apex, Apex Legends, Legends yeah. or yeah, like any one of those top ten Twitch games, and, and like I think. It is fair to assume there are people who are out there, a good, a decent amount of people out there who that they like that. They only want to play a game, yeah. and so like I think Destiny or Destiny success or whatever they're planning to do with Bungie, if yeah. they're going to go that angle, I think they have the pedigree and they have the established thing that they they could do that. Right. So I think if that's their plan, I do think this is primed more for success with this specific buy, and that would make more sense to me why they would do that and why it's going to be kept multi-platform because you have to have that be a multi-platform yeah, you experience. Base. You cannot make that a console exclusive because then you're walling off your player base and you're setting yourself up to fail. There's there's a couple of things that I I want to ask, um, but a bit. 
you mentioned like there are some people that that are only play one of these types of games or are heavily invested in one of these types of games, and that's totally true. And what's also interesting about this market is it it almost creates like its own opportunities in a way because you know going back to Destiny, right? Destiny is is very big and its its player base is very solidified. I feel like, uh, and it's it's been able to sustain itself over a long period of time, but. In a way, the longer that time goes on, I feel like more of a of a mental barrier forms with with new players, mm. right? Where where a lot of people are probably oh, yeah. like, "Oh man, this has been going on for how long? Like I'm so far behind, right?" And it's just like, no matter what you do, that that sentiment is going to exist. And so if you introduce something where you're like, "This is it. This is the ground floor," you know, that opens up yeah. uh, incredible opportunities for you. Oh yeah. Um, and I have to imagine. And maybe this is too much, but I have to imagine, like, if subscriptions are going to be more prioritized, you you would want to find, like, every incentive you possibly could to get people to sign up for that subscription, mm-hmm. right, across, like, your large platform. So if you do make this live service game, it's like you're going to get some sort of benefit for probably having the subscription. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. the, the battle pass. You're going to get access to the yeah, battle pass. Gonna, exactly. Like, it'll it's be like included bucks. with your Sony yeah. Plus right. subscription. Yeah, right. that's right. absolutely what and, it's going to be. it's just like... Yeah. Destiny bucks. Right. <laughs> like, it's, it's going to yeah. get to a point where... Because, like, I even feel this way with, like, Netflix right now, where it's like, I can't get rid of Netflix. Like, there's too much stuff I want to watch. Mm. And, like, I feel like it's, it's that, it's game, it's that way with Game Pass, right? Where it's you, like, yeah. you can't, I couldn't even imagine, like, not... Yeah, I mean, and with Sony especially, they could start leveraging some of their other stuff. They got Crunchyroll, they got Anaplex, yeah. they got. They, I they, absolutely bet they're going to do that. Like they're, 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 yeah, like this is just the first step. Is like getting games to subscription service, and then the further step. I mean, it ha- might happen faster. Is these companies are going to leverage all their 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 IPs and mediums, whether they're movies, TV shows, or video games? Because Netflix is already doing that. Netflix has a gaming library now yeah. that you could play of like kind of like mobile style games. Yeah, and I, just yeah. Lo- just briefly glancing at it though, I was like, I don't want to play any of this. You know? Yeah, but imagine Sony like Sony right. like Spartacus like Spartacus Plus or whatever. It's like it comes with all this access. Comes with Battle Pass, some of your like your favorite like games like. Destiny 3, whatever it's going to be. Mm-hmm. Plus, you get your like anime subscription service on top of that. So, like, mm-hmm. it's all in one well, bundle. The rumor is, like, there's going to be PS1, 2, and 3 games on there. So, it's like, vo- shit. Yeah, retro catalogs. <laughs> yeah. Like... And, like, Sony has a killer retro catalog. Yeah. yeah. So, shit. Yeah, I guess just my fear is I feel like there's a, 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 a decent balance right now between... Games that are continual and games that I can just like play and love and enjoy on both like a big and small yeah, scale. Yeah, yeah. And obviously, I think with indie games and things like that, on Definitely. some level, that will always exist. Definitely. But like, I don't want to get to a point where it's like, oh man, most of like the big name things that I love have a battle pass or something. And obviously, <laughs> I'm being too reductive. Yeah. But the point that I'm trying to get at is oh, like, I, I, I don't want that. I don't want everything to live forever. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to get to a point where I can't physically buy a game anymore. Do you know what I mean? Sure, yeah. That, that, I think that that it's a similar sentiment that we're trying to describe. Like, even now, like, I miss that Bungie isn't making, you know, like, yeah. smaller games. Sure, yeah. 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 All right. Wild, wild yeah. day. Wild month yeah. for news. It's like, what next? We're just getting started. <laughs> What's next, week? What's next week? I think it was Keeley that was like, 
all of these gigantic purchases have happened. These these three gigantic purchases have happened, and it's just January, right? Like, yeah, it's crazy, man. I don't know. I, I kind of feel like 2022 is gonna be pretty damn Pop wild. It off. Yeah. Final Fantasy 16. Final Fantasy 16. Breath of the Wild 2. Elden uh, Ring. Whew. Are we ready for some emails? Yeah, sure. Uh, uh, talking about exclusivity, this one's from Peter. Mm. Uh, kind of a, uh, we were talking, uh, or he's responding to Huber. Okay. <laughs> I'll get into it. Uh, hi, Ben. At the time of writing, discussion of game exclusivity is rife following the Microsoft Activision news, and I've just listened to the podcast where, paraphrasing, Huber states that as a consumer, you always want games to be as freely available on as many systems as possible. The sentiment being that game exclusivity is only good for Sony slash Microsoft slash Nintendo, etc., and is not good for the typical customer that can only afford one video game system. To play devil's advocate... I am sure that the extremely high quality of system-exclusive games like Zelda, slash Mario, slash God of War, slash Spider-Man is not an accident. Sony and Nintendo will be fully aware that they have to invest huge amounts of money and patience into development of those titles, way beyond what might be possible for a non-exclusive title. One of the key business cases for that level of investment is the system seller angle. If you go way over a budget on one killer title that convinces consumers to buy your system, there's a good chance they then go on to buy all their other largely non-exclusive games on the same system after the fact. True. Uh, so from that perspective, exclusivity has some huge upsides for the consumer. It arguably helps motivate Sony and Nintendo to fund games with enormous budgets that we wouldn't see otherwise. No matter which system you own, odds are you have access to a few titles that were made possible by this mechanism. For Xbox owners, if we suddenly start seeing Call of Duty games with five-year development cycles and 9 out of 10 Metacritic scores in the coming years, we'll have a good idea why. Uh, so the argument here being that because they are exclusive, they they are of a higher quality and more is invested into them. Uh, and I think that there is some logic there. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that necessarily translates to it being uh, universally good for the consumer in the sense that, like, you, he brings up, like, if you can only afford one mm-hmm. console... Like you're still limited by your budget. Like it would be better for you if you could experience more awesome games sure. on that budget. So I'm not sure it answers that problem. The only thing I think about is like the more platforms available that you have to do stuff for. I'm not a game developer, so feel I'm probably not right about this, but it's like you can only focus so much on one thing. And I think of just Battlefield 2042, just like a disaster everywhere because there's so many platforms I have to do. Like when you think about like a first party game done by like Nintendo or PlayStation or whatever it's like usually pretty high quality cuz they focus on one or two platforms only mm-hmm. so they probably have more time to polish things up yeah so you could get a better game by it only being developed for a system or two instead of a wide range of them yeah yeah i i guess maybe you could i could look at it in the way that if you only buy one console but it has a lot of exclusives. It means you're still getting a good amount of like high quality games. Is I guess what they're arguing. Mm-hmm. Like I'm trying to see like their point here that like with Nintendo, it's like okay, cool. They have like five or six big first party releases a year. But to them, if that's what they like and they think they're high enough quality, that's all they need for a year. Whereas they buy a system and it's like exclusively multi platform games, you might not ever get that high of a quality experience, despite you know having a larger selection. So maybe like only needing one system and having a smaller selection of games, like, they're trading quality for quantity, I guess. Mm. But, like, you're still denying yourself, like, there's no, like, there's no denying that if you only play on Switch, 
you are missing out on some great first party games on both Microsoft and Sony. And like for me personally, like Sony first party games, like there's some of those like, wait, I don't ever get to play those. Like that, that seems ludicrous. Like it, I mean, the, the best answer is to like to get as many platforms as you can. Mm -hmm. And I think, but there's some truth to what you're saying. I think, uh, Brad, like people would the counter and be like, well, Nintendo, if like, imagine if Zelda was multi-platform, then you get a PlayStation five version that looked amazing and stuff. It was like, but would it really be the same quality if they had to like make multiple versions of that? Would would there be a noticeable dip in quality potentially for that mm. game? And like because it had to deal with multiple platforms, I think the best solution would be like Nintendo just get better hardware. That's a whole other discussion, <laughs> yes. but yes. that's the real answer to that question. I, I, yeah, like I have a hard time seeing like I, I feel like there are examples of multi-platform games that do end up being going very well. Mm. Um, oh yeah, yeah. So like. That, that's that's something that I wanted to bring up. Where yeah, it's, like, so it's I, like I'm not sure. It doesn't doom it to like lower quality per right, se. Does, yeah, yeah. Right, right. It's like case by case. Yes, there are many excellent um, first party games, but you know, it's I don't think it's exclusively like, true that, that first party games yeah, like are, are better than third party games. Yeah. To kind of bounce off your point, Brad, about um, the the focus on developing for a smaller amount of platforms could improve quality. I totally see where you're coming from, and I think in the past that was more true than it is right. now where I think I mean, it's easier now. I, I think like architectures of these systems are are more similar and sure. so it's, it's easier to develop across them definitely than it was in the past Not dealing with the cell processor in a ps3 anymore and it, it, I, I think this Those. email pairs really well with the hotake in the sense that like if your incentive is to get people to sign up for a service you're still going to need that quality you know like like Netflix still really leans on its Squid Games and its Stranger yeah. Things. Mm -hmm. You know, it, yes, it has volume, but it also needs those like high good, quality yeah. things to, to get. Yeah, up I don't think those would go away from multi-platform at all. Especially as you said, like nowadays, it's more likely that you'd get even potentially even bigger tent poles, as big as any first-party Nintendo or Sony or Microsoft game is. Like the, the Grand Theft Auto just blows all of it away. Like, oh, yeah. come on! Like, yeah. you can't even compete with yeah, that. Grand Theft like, Auto, Minecraft, Fortnite. Like, yeah, like yeah. The, mm -hmm. the upper echelon of what you could do because those are, those are the true tentpole events. Yeah. Like, the, mm -hmm. the, yeah, like that. That's what people dream of when you think of like people who are more like in tune with the single console. Like, you come from like Nintendo, you dream of like that 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 that, that, multi, like, that Zelda that's on every platform that looks like god tier and like sells like fifty million copies or some crap like that. It's like, I mean. But the wallet sold 25 plus roughly, so it's almost there. But I mean, doing like GTA numbers in Zelda, Mario, or like, like you know, Sony first party game, doing mm -hmm. that as well, mm -hmm. like would be like yeah. awesome because they want multi platform. Uh, but yeah, I, yeah, I mean, that's a dream. But then again, my question, like, to, to be devil's advocate, why, like, so many of these PC ports are just bad too? Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, how many, how many of these PC ports have we got in? And, like, mm -hmm. it's supposed to, like, because you're talking about, like, architecture and stuff. It's like, mm -hmm. they just don't prioritize. Some of these companies just do not prioritize. Yeah, PC sure. Ports. Yeah. It yeah. sucks. It absolutely sucks. I, I feel like what you're saying is true, but I feel like, like, not. All that long ago, like PC ports were, were like worse. were like way worse. Oh, and so I feel oh, like we yeah. I feel like we've gotten better to where like it doesn't yeah. rattle me as much. I, but yeah, I just feel bad for PC gamers because this this is like promised land of multi platform. Yeah, it's great for console people so far. Right, but then you get to PC land, it's like man, there's been a lot of like string of this disappointed mm. ports after port after port. And it's like they're just waiting for it to be like treated as an equal when right. they have like the best mm. hardware. It's like right. And they usually have to wait like way long after the fact. Yep. Whereas, <laughs> yeah. 
Um, next email is a short and sweet but good one. Uh, this comes in from Isaac, who asks, Hi, allies. Uh, who are some gaming personalities you would want to come on Frame Trap? Gaming? Hmm. I would love to have any sort of conversation with Mike Ross. Any. Oh, Mike but Ross. It, yeah. Dude. That's a great pick, yeah. That'd be awesome. It's it's weird, though, because I feel like the longer I've done this job, the less I've consumed... Yes, same. It's because you live personality, it. Personality. We live it. Like, video game personality yeah. content. And so, like, I, I feel like I would have had many answers a long time ago, but that, that list has dried up. Yeah, well, it's like... I get to talk to you guys about games all the right. time, so it's like I get that out of me a lot with right. you guys. Man, I don't know who I want. Come back to me. I also feel like I've been doing this long enough where that like level of starstruckness is not the same as it was. Oh, sure. You know? Yeah, yeah. Now we're old and jaded. There yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of in the same boat. I also have the benefit that like I do kind of do that. I mean, this is for frame chat specifically, so getting to talk more in depth of the games, you know, mm -hmm. there's obviously more opportunities, but doing this like on like on friend code I, I am able to have like guests on oh, when yeah, it's yeah, appropriate yeah. but like right. either, yeah there, I still feel like there are so many people I just like for don't remember in the moment I'm like sure. gosh darn it why didn't I ask this person and yeah. like someone will reach out to me and tell me about this person I haven't heard of I'm like oh man I like haven't heard of you but yeah I'll definitely try and get you on I that like that's how I kind of go about it I feel like the thing is now it's not so much you like I've gotten to like meet, talk to, or at least engage in some capacity of a lot of the YouTube content creators. Like mm -hmm. same as like you were saying, you like mm -hmm. looked up to when you started out. Like I kind of really got to like do that to an extent. Yeah. For me, it's like maybe like the like Twitch creators, but some of them feel like so beyond me right. in terms of their level. Sure. It's it, like it's like unapproachable almost. I I was thinking, God, yeah. it's so true. I was thinking about that, Damiani, and how like a lot of the gaming content I consume now is on Twitch. And it just feels like a totally different league, you know. Mm. And it, but it also feels like the modern league. Yeah, like if you want to have a deep dive in a game, it's like you right. find a big Twitch streamer right. on that game category. It's like, hey, do you want to come in and talk about this? Mm -hmm. And like, but the thing is, like, oh, like, are we going to stream this? Like, you do like a recorded podcast. To even that to them, they're like, yeah, they probably know what that is. But like, man, that seems archaic. Or yeah. that's like, I'm I'm used to doing it live and stuff. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. okay, well, you know, where's my sub alerts and stuff? Like, well, yeah, those don't exist. There was this Monster Hunter Rise thing with PC, and I, I don't remember exactly what it was. So if I get the details wrong, forgive me. But there was like, there was like some partner thing where they're like, "Go watch these creators," and it was all like, you know, it wasn't like traditional games. I mean, it was all like individual mm -hmm. Monster Hunter streamers, and that, like, yeah, that makes sense. It's like, why would you prioritize somebody where your game is only a small part of what they talk about versus somebody who spends, you know, hours a day streaming it? It's like, yeah, mm -hmm. that's that's where you want the the focus to be. I don't know. I like to. We got to talk with Max a couple times. I like talking Final Fantasy VII with him. Obviously, I was I gonna, love that game. I was going to bring up Max too. It was He's nice guy. getting because we had Max on on an, on an episode of Frame Trap. Oh. And we just talked a lot about fighting games, and it was like it was nice getting somebody that was like more knowledgeable and experienced. Yeah, in I like talking to someone like something yeah. I don't really know a lot about. Just think, getting a different perspective. I think it'd be interesting. To get like the digital foundry guys, and Dude, just uh, have them be able to it's so, yeah, illuminate yeah. us on, yeah, on totally on aspects that we don't have as good of a uh, of a grasp on. I'd also want to get this Twitch streamer's name Distortion Two. He's a speedrunner. Yeah, he does all I know, Souls I, games. I yes. would just like 
I just want to pick his brain and like see yeah. how or hear how he dissects like a game from like a totally different perspective. Yeah. Like how he plays that game is so different than how like all of us play a game. Yeah. Man, some of these streamers, uh, like what is it, Baka Soup? I think is Baka Soup. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He'll be like, okay, uh, for this stream, I'm speed running. All of the Resident Evil yeah, games, like or like games. like like an eight game yeah, speedrun marathon. It's just like <laughs> We're doing holy it. shit, dude. Let's dude. get uh, Eris avoiding uh, the puddle. Oh my god, you just be pissed. At Eris us. is a great answer. I yeah, yes, Eris is a good answer. Uh, all right. Our last email comes in from Matthew. Uh, hey, Ben and panel. Uh, I'm finally finding a little time to play Deathloop. It's really got its mm. hooks in me so far, and it's only my second day. I love the Dishonored games, but Deathloop had me wondering, do I like this game more because it's present day? Is it the arsenal, the color in the world, or just the advances in technology? From what I've read, Deathloop sold pretty well, even though it sold pretty poorly, even mm. though it reviewed well. It never quite hit that Dishonored high. It seems like there's something I'm missing. Why do you think it didn't perform despite how well it reviewed? Hmm. That's a good question. Maybe when people found out what the game was. I think a lot of people were confused about what this game was in general for a long time, including me. Yeah. Or a lot of us. Like, we didn't know what the hell this game was really, you know? There's a million trailers. I'm like, what is this game exactly? It's like a roguelite, I guess. But how does it work, essentially? I do think that confusion is... is, I wasn't thinking about that, but I think that's a good point. I also feel like... Uh, and I've rem- I don't know where I said this on what show, but it was like, man, I feel like the because like it came out right, mm-hmm. and GameSpot gave it a ten, and IGN gave it a ten, right? And I I felt like the Death Loop conversation was done in like a week, and like sure, you know, like it was yeah, really it, it kind of yeah. blew up, it, and then it just kind of died. And I have to wonder if that's because for a lot of people they had a response to it that I kind of had, where it's mm-hmm. like, hey, it's a cool game, mm-hmm. you know, it's definitely got some problems right, right. And so maybe maybe it just wasn't it just like wasn't that yeah that it didn't hit that level where it really Must play yeah i think a lot of people played it and i think a lot of people jo- enjoyed mm-hmm. it but i don't necessarily think it was a lot of like yeah individual well, consumers game of the year i don't think dishonored 2 sold that well sure and that was on three platforms and i don't think prey sold that well so it could just yeah. be a problem for arcane right now like yeah dishonored one did really good but I don't know. Yeah, I, I do wrong, have to I wonder super super well. If like just the elaborate structure of, of that of kind of game kinds of games might be intimidating like, for people. Yeah, if, if it's beyond Like you show someone the menu in death loop of like all the notes and stuff that might be quite yeah. overwhelming for them. I think that's a good that's a good reason Brad. Yeah. <laughs> Anecdotally just felt like yeah, a lot of the outlets and media were very high on this game mm-hmm. in the the its release window, but I f- and again, anecdotally, just from people I know I engage with online, that there was like a disconnect between what outlets were saying about the game and what everyone's friends were saying about the game. Mm. Where, as you said, like they tried, like they were he- having friends who played it for a bit and were yeah. like, "Oh, you get to this part, it's super easy." Like the yeah. the, the illusions shattered so soon, and it's like. I almost echoed a little bit what Huber was describing the game to me a few times, with like his chief complaints with the game. But th- these people seemed a little bit more harsh on it in general. Mm. So I, I think maybe it's just like that happens sometimes in any yeah. medium where like critics love it, fans pan it, or mm-hmm. it wasn't they weren't panning this, but like 
they just weren't eating it up they as well. The and way. so yeah. they weren't willing to take the plunge because it's about sales. They're mm -hmm. like, oh, I'm hearing from my friends who I probably trust more than any critic that they're not enjoying it. Well, then I'm just not going to play it or I'll wait for it to go on sale yeah. or something. And like when tens are dealt out, it comes with a lot of expectations. Someone plays it, you know, like saying a 10 sucks or something yeah. like that. <laughs> right, easily spread to a friend. Sure. You know, I, I think that's absolutely like, true. Poor, yeah, yeah, it can even be unfair. Poor word of mouth, which yeah. like the game is actually good, but sure. someone that people trust internally, and then they just start spreading. Yeah. You know, that's how it works, unfortunately. Yeah, Brad, I think you're totally right. Yeah. I do think that the ten can cast a weird. Cloud. Yeah, it does. Yeah, it definitely does for sure. All right, that is going to do it for Frame Trap. Thank you so much to Michael Damiani and Brad Ellis. Uh, if you want to write in, you want to give us something to. To pick our brains, the address is askeasyallies at gmail.com. One more time, that is askeasyallies at gmail.com. Thank you so much for watching. Until next time.